Okay. I'm number six, and this is TNP Live. And I'm joined today by TNP contributors, Chris Graves, Lisa Belanger, and we have our special guest, Chris from Rantcast. And on to this week's monologue. If I can fucking do it. There we go. One piece of advice that my father gave me when I was young was that you can't choose your family. You can choose your friends. Those words of advice were much needed for someone like me, who was a bad kid and had to sit at a different lunch table. The types of friends I made there didn't come from the loving home that I had. They didn't have the economic resources that my parents worked so hard for, which made any mistake or accident more devastating. One thing that I noticed, though, was that what was important in my house wasn't so important or even thought of in the homes of my less fortunate friends. This is when I realized that the reality that I lived in and what was important to me wasn't a universal thing. In fact, I was different than most kids, not just the bad ones I hung out with. My folks held experiences and making memories in very high importance. They sacrificed a lot to make sure that we as a family got to travel and see things together. Trying different foods was and still is a favorite pastime of mine. From different types of seafood to specialty desserts, I loved and still do love trying new things. But there are other people in my life who have never had ranch on pizza. It's astounding. I bring bring silly silly things things like like this up today. I'm getting a little bit of echo, Chris. I'm not sure what's going on. I bring silly things like this up today to show how little differences in the culture you grow up in or exist in can shape what's important to you and what drives you to do certain things. Marketing executives figured out a long time ago with the help of people like Edward Bernays and the concept of VALS or VALS, values and lifestyles, that people like me and my folks are experiencers. When I learned that, there was already a category for people that act and make decisions based on what I do. It really made me take a step back and consider again what most would call free will. How could someone like me, who seemed to have it all figured out in life, the material possessions mean little, and moments in life mean more than the choices that I've made, may not necessarily may have been my own. As an individual, but just a symptom of the behavior of a particular kind of group that is easily identifiable and therefore manipulated. It was a shock to find out that my choices in life were consisting of what was prepared or curated for me, not just by marketing executives, but also my parents. Unfortunately for me, my dad is a fan of the band The Who, and I grew up with the song Won't Get Fooled Again. And the infamous line, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. The mistakes my parents' generation made in trusting the government, the media, and banks were an echo of previous generations' mistakes carried out in song. It was a warning to the true believers in whatever cause what human nature and hierarchies do to the human mind. Leave it to the who to ask. Who really is in charge? 
are we doomed to make these same mistakes over and over again by choosing people to represent us in government? Will they not, because of their nature, their observable patterns of behavior that can be molded, manipulated, and just simply corrupted because people have been studying their type of mindset for hundreds, if not thousands of years? The thing that brought me back to understanding the value of free will, and shout out to my mom for taking me uh, to see Rush, uh, was that I didn't decide to land where I did on this cultural chessboard. Even if I was molded and shaped by a certain type of person, that the little variances from the lessons learned and passed down to me by the greatest people in my life, my parents, could create a moment where I have the choice to select a different option than one that's been handed to me. I can question the offering and the authority it comes from. I can find others that defy the patterns of normal political behavior and make friends with them. And we can urge people to start the game over and put the damn pieces where they belong. It's never A versus B, black versus white. If you choose the other, there can be infinite choices. Some seem impossible, but man learn to fly. Carry my voice to you through the air right now. And through our limited scope as a species, people that choose to do the outside choice and walk the other path will reinvent how the rest of the patterns of people's behavior will flow into eternity. Now make your choice. And that's this week's monologue. Throw a six in the chat if you feel me. But we are joined today by Chris Graves. Chris, have you been doing some podcasts lately, sir? Oh. Oh. Maybe not. Well, let's go to our other contributor, Lisa. How are you feeling this week? <laughs> <laughs> feeling your sex. So glad that that we're back up this week because I missed you. But uh, and uh, feeling a little salty today. But, uh, you know, that's good. <laughs> well, you know, I like when you come in like ready to just talk shit, Lisa, because if there's one thing that we do effectively here at TMP is talk shit on the Internet. And Chris from Rancast, how you feeling, buddy? It's good to actually meet you virtually here uh, on the show. But, uh, yeah, been long enjoyed your work. So you want to tell the audience who you are and what you've been up to recently? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Chris. I host the the rained out rancast. I guess produce it too. I guess I do all. I mean, it's my show. Uh, yeah, you can find me at rainedoutrancast.com on that stuff if you want to check that out. Uh, and lately, I've been co-hosting AM Wake Up with Steve over there, which I've been enjoying. Uh, yeah, really it's a great combo. It, it really is. You know, good combo personalities between you two. Because I was I was telling the the other contributors here last night when. Uh, you decided to join us and everything, which I was really excited about too, um, is that, you know, I listen to AM Wake Up a lot now because uh, I've long since been a, a David Knight listener and you guys run into the same sort of time slot together. But after having uh, Steve on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an awesome time with him and Pasta. I've, I've been, you know, trying to check in a little bit more. Um, definitely a big fan of the uh, T-Laugh Tuesdays too, because uh one of the reasons why I started doing this type of format and podcasting 
is uh, Ryan Christian from Last American Vagabond for sure. I just I really respect the amount of research and time that he puts into the amount of fucking tabs that he has open on his computer for every stream and you know going four hours into stuff during COVID and and beyond. Like he was one of the guys that kind of him and David Knight too, uh, both were were solid resources for me. The people that I know that I could go to uh, for honest opinions and not like too much of the the type of fuckery that happens for lack of a better term in the alternative media and chris i think that you and steve are good at calling out that bullshit you know when you guys get together because the the alternative media uh, we're not all on the same page just because we're independent podcasters and media creators like there's a lot of us that buy into a lot of crazy concepts and get sucked into a lot of uh cultural things that may be rather let's say uh intelligence creations of sorts i mean we're going to talk about that maybe a little bit today but um i I see that a lot with this uh human trafficking business that we're going to talk about today um and you guys covered uh, a really crazy story earlier this week on am wake up about what's been going on in afghanistan and it made me want to peer into you know what's going on currently with uh what's happening around the world and the us's influence on what we create Uh, the situations that we create in human trafficking because of our military involvement and our militarization at home. Like, I really believe that if you want human trafficking to stop, um, it's not going to be Donald Trump. It's not going to be JFK Jr. walking off a fucking plane with Donald Trump either. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Crystal Graves will probably go into that for us. He is dead. (laughs) I know this. So, I mean, it's all this QAnon human trafficking connection bullshit, like, I think it's a smear. It's a way It's a way to sort of take anybody that's doing content, research, and having conversations about human trafficking, who is actually fucking responsible for it. It's a way to make us look like fucking assholes, like idiots, because you're going to associate us with QAnon and some other kind of fucking bullshit. And just like what happens in alternative media, and shout out to our friend Chuck Ocelli, because I see you're wearing your Ocelli effect hat, Chris, which is awesome. Um, But Chuck calls it out all the time, that the alternative media being under attack from the influences outside of us are just the influences of greed and human nature itself. The way that people will corrupt their own opinions and corrupt their own audience by just spouting bullshit or going along with certain things isn't something that people like us, Chris from Rancast, I don't believe that you, you and I get into something like this to do that, right? Like we're, we're here to no. critique and call out that bullshit. And if I anything, protect our own community from that. You know, there isn't, there's, I've always felt that for people like us, like we're not working for fucking Mickey Mouse here. You know, we're, work, we're, we're doing this ourselves. We're self-produced, we're self-made. We do our own shit. Chris, you do your own shirts, right? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, fuck YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck, fuck YouTube. Right. <laughs> who oh, who banned God. us for reasons? You know, that's basically. No, no. Chris has made. a shirt called "Fuck YouTube." Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> Steve Ward on our show is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the censorship. Because uh, I've been banned on everything. I yeah. got banned to the point where they banned my Mac IDs. What? Yeah, man. They. If I wouldn't have known what was up, I like it was on my Facebook because when I first really start, I've been into this shit for almost twenty years now. But damn, like full on podcast, it's what three and a half years, and before that, like 
at the beginning of COVID, I was just on Facebook lives ranting, you know, when I, <laughs> so you've seen multiple waves of bullshit pass through the alternative media sphere then. Yeah, man. I was just thinking about it today about my, my old hard drive, my old hard drives fucked up and the stuff on it. I mean, it hasn't been fired up for over a decade. So just the stuff on it is. So uh, you yeah. saw the, uh, pretty much the elimination of the 9-11 truth movement in real time, right? Uh, just kind of, I mean, I don't like, it's weird. Okay. Cause I, I don't, I just kind of like, I'm just like learning stuff all the time. Right. So like people mention names and like organizations and stuff like that. And I just, I don't even pay attention to some of that. Most of that stuff. You follow your own beat, brother. That's, that's I'm even more the, impressive to be honest. Like, yeah. Cause I'll spout something and people be like, you know, this person I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you showed me a video, I'd maybe, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, and people claim those personalities. I mean, that's the thing about it too—that people were just like, "Well, such and such said this," or you know, they, they're 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 just big influencers. Like, I, I watch a lot of the big influencer podcasts too, just to check up on what's going on in that in that type you of know, market. We always need that. We always need a good laugh, right? Well, yeah, like watching Dan Bongino is fucking hilarious. You know, like he he'll, he'll come up with some good points here and there, but then he'll end up you know posing the wrong solution, which is to go out. And cross your fucking fingers and hope that the vote that you just cast vote that harder, you essentially dude. threw away, yeah, is going to somehow solve this internal issue and all these little details. You know, without Chris, it, just you know, it's a panacea of everything. Just go out and vote, folks. Yeah. The nine eleven thing. Uh, yeah, I I was sending like DVDs that I'd burn to people to family and handing it out to whoever i could because uh loose change they had it set up where you could like buy a whole rack of dvds or you could just burn them and uh burn them and send them out to people with the first loose change i remember yeah that's yeah, fucking but, punk rock that's that's diy media there you know yeah you know, who goes out and buys like 20 dvds other than somebody that wants to make sure that other people see that information right yeah, like, they would uh, sell a whole rack of burnt DVDs if you didn't have a burner, I guess. I would <laughs> I would burn them and send them out. And like Jason Burma says, damn it, did I say his name wrong? I don't really care. No, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like uh, he says, you need to get back to that, you know, put things on thumb drives. And the DVD thing's a little hard because, you know, I don't know if my kid even knows what a DVD is anymore. Yeah, uh, it's a playback. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but the thumb drive, they're relatively cheap and uh, you can pop them into a PS5, I guess. Yeah, our friend Chuck Ocelli is going to be doing something like that, right, Grace? Yeah, he's calling it the magic bullet and it's all a uh, whole bunch of JFK uh, research related stuff and uh, all of my shows, all of his shows, a whole bunch of stuff. Should be pretty cool. A lot of material in that uh, little magic bullet thing he he's proposing. Not I know that they're not to date myself, but I remember having the cassettes and having you know with the uh, the ribbon there, and I had to take you know the number two pencil to you know rewind oh, yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good old days, man. And the eight tracks, I think. I remember Teddy Ruxpin. I well, Chris, Chris, what were you gonna say? Like you had a whole bunch of um, 
uh, things that I brought, you know, we just talked to the magic bullet thing and then, um, oh, fuck, I forget. <laughs> it happens. Sorry, I it's like names. So don't feel this. I have ADHD, so my, I have train, trains of thought all over in my head, and they go off the tracks or speed yeah, by. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of letters on this cast. Um. <laughs> there's a video of a guy saying, if you have ADHD, you should carry a notebook and write everything down. Those That's your like physical memory. But then you look at my notebook, and it's a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I can't, I don't even know what's going on in here. So... But, at least you didn't choose post-its and like your, your whole background like behind you would just be like little post-its reminding you to do things <laughs> i've had that too. constantly falling off the wall or something so no nope. could have been worse so you've been in the research game i'm assuming as long as uh yeah you said about 20 years or so right because uh i was researching it's at least 2005 so oh, i mean okay, we're coming yeah. up close to it uh yeah because yeah. loose change i think the first one was 2005 yeah, around that 2004, 2005, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. been at least 2005, right before my daughter was born, my first daughter. So that's like our friend Billy Ray Valentine, too, around that time, 2005. Kind of got that familiar. Oh, yeah. So it's going back a ways. So just to see all the, uh, the people come and go that maybe uh, were disingenuous, you know. You know, I don't want to say shills and, and paid paid you know just info people but it seems like uh, i bring up the 9-11 truth movement just because uh it's it's virtually uh basically it's really non-existent anymore in my opinion i mean there there are people still out there like richard gage but nothing like it was in the mid-2000s you know well and yeah i mean uh <laughs> You know, but yeah. also the disinformation agents, Chris, like people that are out there to just disinform people and to keep them on certain tracks yeah. or even arguing over bullshit that is just going to be a distraction. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. the 9-11 truth movement was a huge one um, when they started bringing in different things about, you know, whether or not you buy into holograms and physics. Yeah, physics, all the, everything. Physics alone. I mean, these people yeah. want to yell, you know, science, science, science and. I mean, physics was like suspended there for a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, for three buildings. Yeah. Yeah. I Actually, mean, more, even building six, which was hollowed out and has yeah. its own weird history, too. I didn't really, uh, you know, subscribe to the no planes, right? I didn't either. I've, I've seen this like broke down multiple times where it's like, God damn. I mean, the nose comes through that building. Right? It does, yeah. But uh, then the NBA released that uh, new thing on their app last year where they can scan you and then you can be LeBron James in a live game. You can be any NBA player in a live game. It tracks their body with no green screen, no nothing in real time. And at that point, it's, uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there was definitely no plan. <laughs> can your character go into cardiac arrest mid-game? It possibly. Yeah, that's part of the app. That's another. Oh, app. yeah. I wonder what that would uh... rise. From yeah, the someone drops. Sponsored by Pfizer thing comes up, and your character just goes black and falls. Oh over. my god! You know, your character's doing the Illuminati shit, and then the boss. Yeah. Like, yeah. Demar, you know when uh, Demar Hamlin went down? Yep. I immediately oh, grabbed 
the video. Yeah. And when uh, I can't remember who was announcing, but he's like, we'll be right back. And it went, this is brought to you by Pfizer. And I put <laughs> that up and uh, people were fucking. I told my buddy I was going to put it up. He's like, don't. People will be pissed. And I was like, ah, ain't nobody going to really see thing, it. Man. You and then everybody have pissed. a great sense of humor. Like, like you have to be daring to be able to let people laugh at dark shit. Like there are dark moments like that. We're watching a guy potentially fucking die on the football yeah. field, potentially from something that a lot of people just shot in their fucking arm and potentially their veins and past the blood brain barrier and all that other bullshit. But then like you, you watch this happen, but like for someone like we brought up Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried a while back, Chris, where after nine 11, he made a little joke and everybody in the crowd, like was like, Oh, you know, like that. And then he goes into, uh, uh, what 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 was the famous joke? It's the um, aristocrats. <laughs> well, yeah, right? he went into the aristocrats about the the family uh, fucking each other and the dog and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. real famous uh, documentary made about that one joke. But yeah, that the week of nine eleven, he was doing a Friars Club roast, and he was pretty infamous for you know the too soon type thing. Where I think he, I, I I'm not gonna get the joke exactly right, but something about how. The next his next flight has an unscheduled stop at the Empire State Building, something like that. It was literally, literally three or four days after 9-11 on a Friday. In my I opinion, mean, the too soon it. helps people get the fuck over it. And even if even if they're offended, even if they're horrified by what the person said, is that yeah. at least they're focused on something else besides the morning that they're currently in. It's almost like they're kind of salty about it, you know, to bring up a term Lisa mentioned earlier. It's just like, how dare you make me not want to mourn this person and be fucking miserable? How dare you distract me by, like, making me outraged by what you just said or something like that? It's almost like a, another way of mourning that you create uh, whenever you, you do that. It just it snaps them out of it faster because it makes them realize too. I mean, after they calm down, even if you piss them off, that geez, that geez he was just trying to, trying to, you know, crack a joke or something like that. Like he he doesn't mean it. You know, Graves isn't a bad guy. Those kinds of things. No, I am very much a bad guy. But uh, yes, yeah, no. Norm Macdonald was doing uh, COVID jokes while it was still relegated to uh, China. Man, uh, that Norm Macdonald thing. I I just seems suspect as fuck, man. Because that dude. <laughs> said whatever and he did a stand-up spot yeah. a couple of them just not to like what a year before I think he, he was back with him it's weird because i i got a friend that's an author and he was like oh they had to have killed him in that case i actually i heard him out on uh, chris hardwick's nerdist podcast and that makes sense to me him not wanting to tell his family and, and worry them and stuff because i guess he was battling that for about eight years. So that made sense to me. And I would usually be the first to be like, yeah, that's pretty suspicious. But with him, I feel like that's it just makes sense, but I'm still suspect. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mom, without a doubt, Mom, all the jokes he did. Everything. Yeah. Well, he questioned. He was a conspiracy guy. And whether he would come out and say it like that, it was a different. Yeah, story. when he did the, that stand up during COVID and he was already, you know. Yeah. I mean, that was a good stand-up. And, like, even, like, the past eight, the prior eight years or so, you know, that he was sick. Yeah. Every time you've seen him, I mean, he gained some weight at one point. And he would make fat fuck jokes on yeah. his own show to make fun of, like, the side effects that he was going through. 
Normally. Yeah, I mean, that was the only sign of it, really, I right. guess, if you look back, was when he gained all the weight. Yeah, exactly. Even when I, the, the Netflix thing where he filmed it in his living room, he didn't yeah. look bad, he, you know? Yeah, he actually kind of like lost the weight. Yeah, I think that was towards the end, too. Yeah, because that was, was you know, that's it. Yeah, I just yeah. did a whole tribute to Dorm and uh, Steve uh, from AM Wake Up. Yeah, he uh, called in with a, a great story. I forget the the comedian comedian that he had mentioned, but something about how uh, Norm judged him on that last comic standing show. Totally mm -hmm. said, <laughs> and what do you do for her living? And we basically eviscerated him. Like, and it was great. It's a great story, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, was, uh, I I didn't appreciate norm until like i mean because when i was a kid i watched saturday night live but i was smaller you know and uh the weekend update i just didn't fucking get it now yeah. i'm older and looking back it's like oh, i get it I yeah get it. i was like I, we're probably around the same age uh and i was just watching snl for like farley yeah sandler you know the early 90s around there a yep. weekend update it was like I didn't know about politics in like the early 1990s, and I was just yeah. And his delivery, that dry yeah. delivery, yeah. And now that I'm older and looking back, and then you know after he died, you see on like YouTube the amount of montage clips, yeah, before he died that were already yeah. on YouTube. You could just watch Norm for hours and hours and hours. No, well, I was sick for the last uh, couple of months, and that to be honest, thing that was keeping my spirits up was watching. Those clips you're talking about it's all of yeah. norm, norm the montage of norm just eviscerating idiots and just telling the truth through his humor and, and stuff you know and that show he you know he had uh the norm mcdonald show i think it was called right norm live is that the one where he had yeah, there's norm live yeah Adam was his yeah. sidekick and yeah. then uh, he had the podcast part of it which is hard to find where he had jim carrey and the Seinfeld episode, that yeah. one you got to go watch because it's very weird. Norm was way off. Ooh. And just the way he was acting with Seinfeld, it was just when I watched this, it, like really fucking weird because they knew each other. And he's like, it just seemed like Norm didn't know Seinfeld. It was fucking really because I didn't pick that up. Yeah. On the Seinfeld one, it just seemed really fucking weird even seinfeld is like are you all right <laughs> yeah like, are you, like yeah, <laughs> but he did one with uh yeah he did one with seinfeld with jim carrey jane fonda like he, yep. <laughs> he actually ended up kissing jane fonda it was weird um he eviscerated jim carrey goes all through yeah. esoteric knowledge with him all the way through Santa Claus going up and down the chimney of your spine, yeah, yeah. chakras, uh, sex magic. And then Jim forgets that Norm played uh, Michael Richards in Man on the Moon. And he's like, I'm in the fucking movie, Jim. <laughs> and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not Jim anymore. I think that was when he was. When he oh, was no, Andy. Was... Yeah. <laughs> he was Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Well, even now he's like, he's not Jim Carrey. He's just. Well, now there's rumors that he's uh, Jim he's the head of a very dark organization, from what I understand now. Um, All of them are. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
he's broken Jim Carrey now. Like there's there's an angle in wrestling where Matt Hardy uh was had his brain just broken and he became like this crazy eccentric type of character. And Jim Carrey much reminds me of that. Now I don't know if that's because of how much into the character acting he actually did, or if even that and what you present yourself to be is an act. Because how do you tell when an actor is acting, Grace? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, in his case, he even came out and admitted that he hired like some CIA guys to uh, torture him uh, and get it, make it so that his mind, because I guess he was claustrophobic in that Grinch costume when he played the Grinch. And I guess to torture him, to get him into the mindset of being able to deal with being in that costume all day. Uh, that's like MK Ultra shit, you know? I mean, all, all he needed was some gold bond medicated powder. Like that probably would have made it more comfortable in that suit. You didn't need to go all the way to CIA. Yeah, have to to go all like, <laughs> what a crazy a cover. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I was doing a movie and yeah. they had to break me. Yeah, that's what he basically said. I even because said that they have, it was like, uh, which is crazy because that was for the Grinch. There shouldn't the have Grinch. been. There like, shouldn't have been, uh, you know, like hand, CIA handlers and FBI. Like, I was talk about Shia LaBeouf's, you know, eagle eye and how he had FBI handlers and people to, he was shadowing and shit. And he was on Leno or Letterman, one of the two. And he told that story about uh, the dude told him, hey, we, we record every other phone call. Yeah, that was back then. They didn't have the room to record every phone call, but they recorded every other phone call. And that LaBeouf's like, yeah, right. And he pulled up some phone call from two years prior. And it was like, a, what are you wearing type phone call? And after that, there was no more Transformers, I don't think, with him. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, like yeah. He was already kind of fucking a nutty kid. He got in trouble and stuff before. But then after that, he, you know, he had just done the Transformers, fourth Indiana Jones Transformers. movie, which he's not in the new one. Because he did kind of get blackballed after all yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're dropping stories like that, that was pre Snowden, I think. Yeah. It was pre the NSA having their uh, their whole facility in 2012 out in Utah, I think. That would actually be enough storage for everyone's calls. You know, that yeah, was 2012. That right? FBI guy was lying to old Shia. They had plenty of storage. I mean, they can, yeah. they got a two terabyte fucking SD mini card the size of my fucking pinky nail yeah so i mean i think your entire digital life compressed could fit on a two terabyte mini sd card that's the size and connected of my through pinky a nail. qr code like yep. you don't even need the storage now oh, oh you need oh, yeah i mean where, yeah people connect. it's going somewhere though right i mean yeah the yeah. cloud isn't just a cloud that's yeah. a lot well do you, do you remember the promise software of the 1990s the think promise yeah, promise it was like Danny Castellaro was looking into it and everything on Echelon. Like they've had these. Uh, they already. That's when they were already pre-installing. The so spyware. I think I think they've been tracking everybody since like the the late eighties. Oh, dude. Yeah. Chris, like, wasn't Kristen Rent? Was wasn't you who was talking on um, AM Wake Up uh, about uh, having records? Oh um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I had them? went to. It was like it had been like I in between like 14, 15, 16 years old. I can't I can't remember the exact time. But all through when I was a kid from like the age of nine or so, I was in trouble. 
you know, I was in and out of these systems. I almost, I mean, it got close to being sent to like Boys Town shit. Like I, I lived like just an hour and a half up from Boys Town. My uncle was actually in Boys Town, probably around the peak of the Franklin the scandal Larry thing. King shit. Yeah, I wow. mean, but I, I didn't even know about the Larry King stuff until after my right. uncle had passed away, uh, which was I think five, six years ago. So I, the Franklin cover-up stuff, I, I, I was up the road from it, and I just that's something new. I or recent, I, I've learned. But anyways, I had to go to the Social Security office with my mom for some reason. I can't remember why, but I remember we were in there, and this dude opens his drawer and pulls out like three fucking fat three-ring binders. I mean, they're fucking full. And uh, they're all my fucking records, clear back, like photocopied and shit and <laughs> when i was talking about this it started it kind of was freaking me out because uh the more i think about it and like the tag thing and like the talented and gifted programs and like the place yeah. i was in and out of you know like uh what the fuck <laughs> especially I mean, what even purpose were they even storing this information i mean <laughs> i don't know if it's because technically i was awarded the state when i first get in trouble legally when I'm first like placed somewhere, that's even if it was like is day, quite familiar what, with. What's that? That's something that Lisa's quite familiar with. She has a background as a lawyer and, and dealing with guardianship cases and things of that nature, wards of the state, and just yeah. what your rights are and what happens to you. So that's why the the records thing is so interesting. And since you bring that up too, I had a teacher pull my card one time because I may, I cracked a joke in class one time. We were watching a movie. And uh, it was like a historical or it was a history class. It was a historical documentary. And they show this statue and they show here stands blah, blah. I forget the name, of course, because fucking names. But here stands blah, 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 tall and erect. And I go, ha, like that, you know, because like laughing, like just Beavis and Butthead type of stuff. And right. immediately this dude rips me out of the class, takes me in the hallway and goes, I've read your file, sir. And I go, what? Like you read my file? Like there's a file of the shit that I've done here. They profile people very young for different different purposes. That's what I've noticed, like in the research of like school shooters, serial killers, domestic terrorists, you know. Yeah, but if they, if they have files on all of us and we're all forced into these institutions, we're all wards of the state. That's why yeah. I wanted to bring that up. Like we're, that, it's not just on the bad kids. I mean, we may be the examples that they get to use for other things. Well, they, what I'm saying is not always uh, a psyop. <laughs> no, it's not always a psyop type thing. I'm mm -hmm. talking about they're looking for who's going to be like the leaders of industry that they can utilize for you know for whatever purposes, not just school shooters. But recruiting. I'm saying, yeah, yeah recruiting, recruiting people, for various grooming parts of like Bill Gates. No, not they, grooming. I'm saying like <laughs> just, you know, like just just so they're there. Yeah, yeah. So in real life, yeah. But they're governmental like NPCs, so to speak. They don't know they're even governmental, right? Exactly. Until they're triggered. Right. Exactly. Manchurian. That's scary shit, dude. Because yeah. like, yeah. And now in your thing, it sounds like it was in the age before everything was digital. So yeah. it's like that took a bunch of work to put those files together, like in a pre-digital era. 
well, in that era too, and especially without today's you know type of access to information, how things can be communicated or shared even, imagine what happened to bad kids that were separated from their families and were wards of the state. What type yeah, of rights did those show. kids have Nebraska, to be experimented on? Yeah, I believe Nebraska, when a baby is born, they're technically wards of the state immediately at, at, upon birth. Wow. I mean, that's why at CPS. I, mean, I don't really like stuff. Nebraska. It's he, fucking I, boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nebraska. I think that might be the majority <laughs> of the U.S. That's why CPS can step in right. and do what they do because they're already like wards of the state, technically. I mean, if you look at the fight you got to put up with in these places when you don't want to vaccinate a newborn. Right. You know. Yeah. And the CPS thing is like, you guys wanted to talk about sounds of freedom and stuff. The, uh, I got into looking into t Tim Ballard and like just his mannerisms, his body language and stuff is immediately a, like a red flag. He seemed like really excited about this dark shit he's fucking talking about and then yeah. catching him in a couple things where he's like fibbing, you know, and then he's got people like Tim pool, which I, I'm no Tim pool fan, but fawning over them like fanboys like man i i thought it was great writing i thought it was a, you know it was just a great script but then to find you tell me it's real you know it's like what and then like the whole time with the tim pool thing has yes, to reiterate if i watched him pool <laughs> yeah but the ballard thing had to keep reiterating you know it's not that it's not good writing that it's totally real but then on the other side of the table tim ballard has to keep reiterating that this part isn't exactly real exactly yeah <laughs> right tim pool would be all excited and then ballard would be like well we had well, to change his own ass and it's like yeah this isn't exactly sit back a little but he's like who cares it's fucking awesome you know, you know what gets like, me about tim pool besides the the fact that his beanie probably smells like pee um <laughs> it is thank you thank you sex yeah, but other than that is that he has all this fucking money. He has like 20 vert pipes or something like that in his backyard and, and 17,000 chickens and whatever. Yeah, but he I doesn't have, have a fucking research department. I have questions about Tim. You know, like like yeah. he he had people on like I was, I'll, I'll tune in throughout the week just to see what the big like type of headline he's pushing and, and if there's any substance there. But then I'll listen to his opinion. And I'll be like, bitch, you don't show anything on your show. You have all this tech set up. You have a big table. You have a big screen. I don't have shit, but we show people articles at least. Like we show people videos and other things like that. His setup fucking sucks. And also, like with that too, like he doesn't go in depth on any type of explanation for his solutions. Like when he gets into like, oh, just choosing Donald Trump or whatever because of these reasons, like he never goes into any of the finer details about how problems will actually be solved. He just simply nudges people in a certain direction. And I think that, that that alone is something that fucks up all media. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to influence you. I want to influence you to think for your damn self. Like, just make sure that, you know, you fucking look at what I'm proposing, what I'm saying on these shows, and then take into your own, you know, practice and your own research and, and things like that. Tim Pool's a pogo. Oh. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Uh, how how I can't remember what, uh, where was uh i might have been on monday night debaters master debaters with uh <laughs> yeah. with uh matt and uh 
pretty sure Ryan from uh, Dangerous World Pod, Ryan Dean, and he brought up this, someone had sent him a clip of this audio of this dude talking about how he had, some, I got some documents here from the White House. Now these are internal documents here, and on them they say, we got two projects, we got Project Pogo, and 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 Project, uh, I can't remember the other project right now, but Project Pogo supposedly is, which it doesn't matter if these are true, if this audio is true, if this guy is real or not, but the projects themselves, like Project Pogo is basically to corral and honeypot people yeah. into like Tim Pools and Alex Jones and these yeah. spots that they allow to be on, which Alex Jones, they don't really allow anywhere except Rumble now, but they, uh, the ones that they allow to stay there, like Tim Pool. They mentioned COVID many a times. They mentioned, I mean, just saying the word COVID on my YouTube. Yep. Gone. Well, he's part of the partner program. He's a that, partner. Exactly. And that's that Pogo. And then Gemini, I think it is. Operation, it might be. I might be confused. I watched that Capricorn one recently. And I yeah, still... that's right. <laughs> but that uh, cool. <laughs> the Zephyr. Operation Zephyr. Uh, that uh is when they round the honeypot up. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you listen to this, because it was pre-COVID, supposedly when it came out, this guy supposedly disappeared, left multiple dead man switches to his friends. You gotta look. I was looking deep. I I could find just like uh screen not screenshots, but photos of his like notes and stuff. Yeah. But it's not even if it's real or not. Like we know what they're that they're doing this type of shit. And then when you look at like the restrict act they're trying to push through and how that's retro retroactive in parts. I don't know how many parts are retroactive. Tucker did a piece on it, whether you like Tucker or not. Tucker did a piece on it and he the digital payment part is retroactive so they can look back, which they already use that. On January 6th, because January 7th, they pulled a warrant from Bank of America, Bank I believe, America gave them the all, all of Washington, D.C.'s yeah. financial records specifically pointing towards firearms purchases, ammo and any type of weapons. That's because we live in a militaristic corporatist society now. <laughs> especially in D.C. D.C., they, I mean, that's a little beta test on whether the bank would be like, here you go, you know, which obviously they're going to be like, especially J.P. Morgan, because they're in deep shit. So they're, they'll give the government whatever they need besides what they, you know, what we want, you know, in their fucking Epstein record type shit. But yeah, yeah knowing the Restrict Act is retroactive, and then seeing, finding out DC, they fucking actually implemented it yeah. six months prior. They actually implemented it, which this has been going on for how long? This is soft disclosure shit. They do these eight hour long congressional hearings where no nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, if they were hearings and shit, shouldn't people that when they're walking out be arrested? You would or say something like yeah. detained and be like, yo, uh, yeah, you're charged with something. There's something. I mean, there's, I mean, Jesus Christ. 
but they do them for like eight hours long and they're just like these soft disclosures of what they're doing and most people have no clue because nobody watches them and they only get maybe like this little but she's this little 15 second yeah, yeah. sound bite. we never get the real facts because we can never get the documents from from the actual court hearings because yep. you have to spend a fortune to even get real information i mean can you imagine i mean i i so bum out um what i could do if if we at tmp had had uh uh some kind of foundation to to be able to get into these court documents. I mean, talk about honeypots. Imagine if I could go through <laughs> the uh, complaint regarding uh, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, that would be the real playbook of honeypots, right? I mean, wow. Are you talking about Rudy dressed up in a dress, or are you talking about the, the girl that he supposedly got? The good, the good. <laughs> Which she has actual evidence, right? Does she have actual evidence? She has, like, text messages and stuff, and it's well, like, you put it brilliantly there, Chris from Rancast, because when you brought up before, just like if you like Tucker or if you like Tim Pool or if you like Dan Bongino or any of these other bigger influencers or uh, Ben Shapiro, for instance, any of these other big alternative media influencers that exist right now, regardless if you like their show, their production, their personality, if you have affinity with them because you're into whatever, right? Always look at what they present to you objectively. Like that's what's good about like being open-minded enough to watch things. Like Chris, when you uh, from Rancast, you brought up before like being able to watch what people were saying about the hologram, you know, deal with the planes going into the buildings on 9/11. Like you have to be open-minded enough to at least accept the premise, but then you have to be strong enough of will to defeat it. Like you have to be willing to watch something regardless of how shit it is. And I've watched a lot of bullshit before, but then learning how to pick it apart learning where it falls apart logically learning where the fallacies are in arguments is so important in doing this like if you're just reading things and spouting them off as if it's truth right like if i just read articles to you from like uh any type of slanted media and just read it to you as it was truth and go see guys this proves it this is what we believe in right it's just a mass manipulation game at that point you're not in, you're not urging people to think as individuals Present to them objective evidence and let them decide. And about asking, being able to ask questions. Fuck Just yes. being able to ask the questions. We're not allowed to do that. Well, and that's the thing that gets squashed on regular media, but also it's not really happening in alternative media either. Like these bullshit interviews that I watch on, on shows like Tim Pool, like the fact that he had on, you would have loved it, Lisa. He had Tom Fitton on the other night and they're, handle, they're handling uh, this, this case, this legal case, right? And it comes wait, around wait, to Tom Fitton and Tom goes, oh, uh, well, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems like this should have happened. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. What? Like, and that's what made me think of the research thing, because like you go around to somebody from a legal organization, quote unquote, and then he doesn't even know what the fuck actually happens or what the rules are or how certain things actually apply in the system. No wonder people are so fucked up. It's because the people that are supposedly representing you in media, the people that are feeding you information, don't even know the process. They can't even explain to you. They don't even explain to you that the information goes away if you take a plea deal or if you are, you know, you just uh, 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 plead guilty or something like that, right? That you could do, you could do certain things, and, and the 
state does certain things to keep information from us. Not just that, and also the financial barrier, like you mentioned, Lisa. And people keep pouring money in, into that honeypot. Let me tell I mean, for Christ's sakes, for the amount of money that guy gets, you think he could get at least uh, good fitting shirts instead of the, I mean, really. Um, <laughs> you know. Let's also... Let's also not forget that Pogo was John Wayne Gacy as a clown. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. And, like, talking about, like, them getting rid of information. I mean, look at the J6 committee. They've lost or destroyed or lost 1.5 terabytes of their data. Sounds like like NASA with the Apollo missions. (laughs) and I want to know something, Kevin McCarthy. Okay, what is this giving? Okay, allowing five journalists to come in and be able to view the the uh, supposed tapes. Okay, how does this selection process work? And how about uh, just letting the public be able to see it for themselves? This is uh, yeah. And now it's F- like this little drizzle of things. Uh, well, I seem from to January recall at the time speaking of kevin mccarthy uh, a big thing was whenever they went through what was it like 12 rounds or something like that before they actually uh, selected him to be speaker that he was just rejected over and over again and the big deal that came through was our, our fucking uh other side aoc which is uh Mar- margarine taylor green as i refer to ask she's fake as shit See, and- no, I mean, that, that is really ugh. she's the one they keep sending out to like announce like uh biden stuff and like yeah her so that and no, everybody's gonna be like fuck her game. nobody wants to listen to this bitch. oh yeah well that's that's another thing she goes out and she's representative of a certain group of people that may feel a certain way and she misrepresents them all the fucking yep. time by just being a dumb piece of shit like she's like the just, word chemtrail i mean if you're How media is weaponized to put off the other, like, that's right. Yeah. So nobody, like, you, oh, chem, you know, you'd be like, they're poisonous, blah, blah. And they'd be like, wow, that's, you'd be like, chemtrail. And then they shut off. They're like, oh, you're a fucking conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Like, Marjorie Taylor, it's these weaponization space of lasers, people and things like Trump. Look at the, how they've weaponized that dude. Oh, yeah. In all sorts of ways. And all yeah. sorts of uh, just and then amazing the unprecedented in the last like eight years. Yeah, when it comes to the DOJ and government bullshit, I mean, just the January sixth committee getting rid of uh, after you know they announced this case with Trump, which allows what subpoena power. Mm-hmm. So you can pretty much subpoena anybody, right, for this for for this thing. Well, and then they destroy <laughs> this shit. Shouldn't someone like? It's they don't have to always accept Lisa. in a million flipping years. Give me a break. Uh, I'd like to know uh, <laughs> no one quote unquote defense counsel really wants to get to the bottom of this. I mean, you you know why they won't use the subpoena power? Because why? Oh, no one wants to go into a, about the uh, stop the steal. We really don't want to know really about that, do we? About the inner workings of that. Yeah, how did the yeah, I mean, organization running the stage that was drawing all the people across the Capitol grounds that day, how how does that organization and all the higher up and connected people in that organization not even get a look at? Meanwhile, other people that just strolled across the Capitol grounds hours later were picked up and, and subpoenaed. Yeah, and, and that brought stage, I mean, at the didn't, Alex, 
pay someone like a half a million dollars to have that shit put up. Alex oh. Jones says he fucking paid someone a half a million dollars to have a stage and area prepared next to the Capitol. Oh, I don't. I know that Jones uh, and there was yeah, a I've couple that others too. That, I, I okay. said that to you a long time Thank ago. You he on uh, okay. on uh, Andrew Schultz. Yeah, he come out dressed like a woman for one <laughs> on Andrew Schultz, and then uh, yeah, he at the end of it he. Gives the whole J6 spiel how someone gave him $500,000 and he was supposed to set everything up, literally, I guess, with a stage and all that shit. And then he's like, when I got there, we, we knew it was a setup. You know, we didn't see the stage. So I got on the megaphone and I was saying, get out of here, patriots. And yeah. on your way out, the chemtrails are fucking you up. Get some vitamins at Infowars.com. Yeah, and just prior to that, he was he was bragging about uh, to Tim Dillon about how he was getting a blowjob from his uh, his brand new wife or or girlfriend at the time, and she was like, "Come on, baby, don't 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 leave me right now." <laughs> so I gotta go to the rally. <laughs> He's now in the Mug Club, right, Alex Jones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the website's Jones Crowder dot com that's crazy i seen it and i was like what the fuck that's yeah, weird that's a that's then, a weird combo to me i mean i've watched Brian Callen joined the Mud club i heard <laughs> yeah. i heard sam Tripley has already joined but it hasn't been announced yet it's going to be announced at some point oh shit Good old yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> well it's been announced now i mean <laughs> i i don't know that's uh, don't take my word for it just but w- w- wink at the camera just <laughs> I, I, I just want to say this one thing i didn't get to say it right, right at the beginning yeah. am wake up is uh the show that i listen to and watch every day now nothing against david knight he's a little too religious for me um a little too preachy for me i respect what he did you know he was able to walk you know the thing with alex jones he was able to set up his own thing after the fact and and all that but uh you and steve and then now you got like tease like on yeah. Wednesdays, like that's great. It's great stuff. And that yeah, that's fun. Shelly, Shelly, she's fantastic. I don't know how long uh I'll be able to co-host. So right now I'm I got I'm enjoying it for now though. Yeah. Fucked up. So I got some time off work. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I enjoy it. And your 9-11 guest? Like, uh, I'm glad you guys gave him a platform because I remember watching Dylan Avery's uh, one of his uh, the two new 9-11 documentaries he did uh, in the last year or, or so. And he that gentleman, I forget his name right now, but he had like uh, the interesting hairdo yeah. uh, thing. Uh, Matt. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Matt something. And he lost his brother in 9-11, and there's evidence to show that he died not because of the collapse, but because of explosive, uh, you know, explosives hitting him, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm glad you guys gave him a a platform, you know, because I forgot all about his story from that documentary. Yeah, uh, that's on. That's Steve, man. Steve's got the hookups. I hope that was getting Shiva on there. I love that interview. Oh my god. I I that that. Shiva almost had Sam Tripoli crying one time. I think. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I know. Oh, well, okay. I made a video, a clip of Shiva, like talking shit about Triple Rogan of it all. Yeah. yeah. We needed to play a drinking game, though. Every time he said "fucking Carlson" or whatever. Uh, oh, <laughs> fucker Carlson. Fucker Carlson. <laughs> and it's like you know, like people like Carlson and like. They're like soft disclosure people, you know. Thank they, you. Exactly. There to give it. To I you love generally. the term soft disclosure now because I got that from Sean Hibbler. He uses it, and uh, the because before it was like revelations of the method is what yes. everybody would use. Soft disclosure. There, it's a revelation of what they're doing, but so they're softly disclosing to us what. Like like a lot of this UFO stuff lately. Yeah. People say that no. too. Soft disclosure. Soft, you know, Stephen Greer. I don't you know, think that's a better segue into this week's big four. So I'm just going to hit it. Um, here we go, folks. This is from Voice of America. <laughs> In case you haven't heard of them, Graves, do you do you want to give the the audience maybe a little background on what Voice of America is? <laughs> maybe Chris from Rancast, you probably know. I don't know what Voice of America is. Yeah, I haven't heard this either, dude. <laughs> so, oh, ah, this is guard. This is the CIA's media asset. Is it okay? Yeah this this Boy. is what uh, this is what the top uh, intelligence uh, we suppose. Well, um, I think is, I came across this type this arm before, but not in a long time though. Here. But uh, I wanted to pull this just to show people what type of propaganda. The United States is putting out there about its involvement with human trafficking and its responsibility for it. Um, so from Voice of America, this is uh, said to be from Washington, the U.S. government has released its annual report surveying human trafficking around the world. And Afghanistan, China, and Russia are among the countries noted as trouble spots. Gee, do we have anything to do with that? <laughs> I mean... I mean, that first one there, Afghanistan, that name seems kind of familiar, Chris from Rancast. Like, were we over there for a while, like, causing well, this Well, Tim problem? Ballard explains war. <laughs> war is where they, the most trafficking. War and natural disasters, right? And it's yeah, funny, yeah. they leave out uh, Ukraine. That's right. And look at the see. entities and the money involved in both of those types of things, too. Yeah. Like what what could even go into creating certain natural disasters, even graves? We've talked about that. Heart yeah. machine stuff. You'd look Where at the, the flooding right now in China. China. Yes. Oh yeah. The the videos from China are ridiculous, man. I mean, and like again, it's one of those things like with COVID is this even still, real. <laughs> is three gorges still standing? I've I've heard rumored actually for years that something terrible was gonna happen. Well, that video, area. like I don't, it's gotta be pretty recent. Where water is spilling over the uh, gates, yeah. like I mean, it's at the top. It's like I cannot believe it's not that it's holding that water back. The concrete structure, like yeah. that, because it spans. It's pretty wide, and water spilling over the gate. Uh, yeah, because there was an earthquake over there last week. Yeah, it was shallow, and it's like, hmm, they want me to believe that they built this dam and it slowed the rotation of the earth by like <laughs> these nanoseconds. Right. So if I were to believe that, then I mean, I would believe that if this thing collapsed, 
it would cause an, a an earthquake for one and then yeah i, I think an inland uh, you know a landlocked tsunami basically now if it did that though like if it actually slowed the earth by a couple like nanoseconds or whatever does that mean that chris graves can fly reverse around the earth and turn back time like sure yeah. What does Hitler think? I was thinking of the Superman <laughs> movie, Chris, but I mean, since you bring up Cher uh, and other horrifying things, uh, it also, in the article, it mentions Burma, Cambodia. Uh, it's not like we bombed the living fuck out of them for, you know, a couple of years back in Vietnam. Yep. Uh, Eritrea, uh, North Korea, uh, which we made happen as well. Uh, South Sudan mm. and Venezuela. Oh, yeah. So all the prospective BRICS nations. <laughs> they seem to have all these problems with human trafficking, but America doesn't. It's not us. <laughs> well, again, back to Tim Ballard because he's the he's the expert um, <laughs> explaining how that the U.S. is the biggest consumer of the shit of the child trafficking and the porn, especially Bohemian Grove. Well, soft yeah. disclosure: the movie Traffic. Remember the, the where they basically said that you know the, the U.S. is the number one uh, market for drugs. Yep. We are the ones that bring it from these nations. We are the demand. The people that are, are part of the supply, they're just cogs in a wheel of sorts. Like and morally and and just where they're at financially and all the ability that they have in their their life to make different choices or do anything about it. Also, it's like too, one like, big experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and also, if you look at who benefits ultimately from those those uh, these tr trafficking type of networks, right? Anything that's associated, I've found around vice, the government makes money on the back end somehow. Even and they also make it on the front end too, like uh, from our court system, which we might talk about in a little bit here. Uh, but every every single part of the drug war. And also uh, the war against immigration or migration, whatever the hell, however you want to look at it and when it comes to the freedom of movement of people and the right of people to say how many people can inhabit a certain space or share certain benefits or however that's supposed to work. But ultimately, if you have black markets, what you create is you create a system where money disappears into the ether. Uh, which is very, very nice if you're running black ops in different countries. Um, it's a great funding resource for those things, I'm sure. Also, um, whenever you have people that now that you've created new laws and rules to, to govern something, um, you find people that violate those and then the court system and everybody that's involved in the legal racket, right, Lisa, gets to get their little piece off of it too. I mean, the, the, the trillions of dollars that have been spent in courts defending people in drug cases that should have never stood trial. Could you imagine like where that went and what that went to? Just the amount well, of power and influence that that exchanged. And it's a big cycle, right? Because yes. uh, the Sound of Freedom thing, I've never seen the movie, but uh, um, I started watching... Apparently, there's been documentaries and shit about Tim Ballard for years. Uh, started watching some of these things, and they're in like Cambodia, I think, on one of them, where they go rescue like 20 kids and and bust these guys. They hand these kids right to CPS. 
That, that right? Okay. You the, sitting on there dog, saying how? Yeah. The dog in the in, in the the racketeering world, man, right there. Yeah, they they're on like Tim Pool talking about you know CPS and the, you know these kids going in and out of the systems and stuff. But then you watch them in a and they're talking about a, the American system, and then you watch them in the in a third world system turn around and hand the kids right back to CPS, which it's this revolving oh, wait, oh, door. Wait, and then advocate for chipping. Well, I don't know how much of that because everybody said that in the movie it's advocating for chipping or something. I again, I've I've not watched the movie, but Tim Ballard did drop a video saying he's one hundred percent against it, and uh, you know it's just you can say whatever. It's just very suspect with this thing, no, especially his story about Ballard, Ukraine. But it was Caviezel there. It was Caviezel who I believe. Yeah, Jesus Christ himself. Yeah, and there's two movies that I know of that had this impact on people that walked in where <clears throat> people walking out were crying and it was like life-changing. One of them was Passion of the Christ, right? Because people were like leaving the theater going to get baptized when Passion of the Christ came out, right? And this. Low and like, it's the same. And it's Jim Caviezel action. and Mel Gibson, which the story... The Ukrainian story that Tim Ballard has is suspect in itself. The whole, like, there's this one line that he keeps repeating that his wife said, you know, you will not jeopardize my salvation, right? But that didn't make it into the movie. It was so powerful. It didn't make it into the movie because it was too powerful. It made him look weak. And he's like, he was sitting at home, or I don't know if he's at home or not at home. That's conflicting too according to Tim Ballard, uh, but he had gotten a call from his wife about, because they had a, a foundation or something that was move, getting kids out of Ukraine, I, get, I think, or like something with the trafficking over there. And then uh, she's like, you got to get like these 10 kids out. And he's like, I know, babe. Ah. And then he like runs off. But then his other phone rings and it's Mel Gibson. <laughs> and he's like, what? And it's Mel Gibson, and Mel Gibson's got like 13 kids in Ukraine. Now he's got all these kids he's got to get. Right. And he's like, I, I just wanted to go home, man. But, you know, if I've learned anything in life, it's when Mel Gibson and your wife are telling you to go get these kids, you go get these fucking kids. Because you're right? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, and then they're sitting right there talking about how Jim, I don't understand why Jim Caviezel, okay, I get it if you're like, an investigator it's still fucking got horrible but having to sit there and watch the shit the 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 child these horrible videos and oh, jim caviezel yeah. sat there and wa you watched it I, I don't understand why you had to watch it to even get into well and like, i'm a the theologian i did i watched like two and a half minutes i think the very very beginning of Sound of Freedom because someone had sent me a link where you can watch, you know, pirated movies. I don't use those much, but I clicked on it and it was a fucking bootleg in a theater. Yeah. But there's it starts out with like a a, a dad. I'm spoiling the whole beginning. It starts out with a dad like uh, 
his daughter, someone comes up to his kids like, oh, they could be models, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like this modeling opportunity. And his daughter really wants to go and bag and bag and bag. And so he agrees. And he, the part, all I seen was when he goes up to, it's like a hotel or something. And there's a red door. That's oh, God. symbolism right there. So yeah, he fucking hands his kids to the stranger that claims to be a model agency. He peers in, there's other kids. There's no fucking parents. And as soon as the red door closes, you already know what happens. You don't have to fucking, you know, traumatize yourself with the rest of the movie. I wasn't going to watch the rest of it. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. That's an interesting concept too, Chris, that you brought up. Does the brain experience trauma from watching things like that? And I, I've oh, yeah. a lot of terrible things that have broken my brain and graves. I know you're, you're there with me. Yeah, there was one. I won't say the title of it, but it involved a, a guy in the Ukraine, actually. That may yeah. that actually might give it away. Being brutally murdered over the course of like seven minutes with a, a hammer. And uh, that messed me up for a good six to eight months because uh, it was the real deal. And I, I only clicked on him because... I'm into horror movie special effects. And someone was like, tell me how this effect was uh, created or whatever. And it wasn't uh, a special effect. They were literally torturing the guy to death. Yep. And, and now, up. like, I've mentioned multiple times, I think on AM, about how I can't get through my Twitter without seeing someone fucking die. Yep. You know, I can't get through Twitter in the day without seeing someone be fucking murdered die smashed fucking killed somehow and it's like holy shit I don't know yeah, you this, but traumatizes it, people it, it does it has an effect but in a way i'm glad it it um i'm glad i have the response that i have because it show, it tells me that i'm still a human being you know i'm afraid of the people that are coming up now that don't have that feeling that sick to your stomach, like, oh, what am I watching? Yes, reaction videos from kids that are actually getting a kick out of this shit. That's what yeah. scares me. Yeah, what if they're recategorized uh, on YouTube for kids in the future, you know, for the, the rest of the people that are allowed to participate in society and the ones that aren't kicked out of uh, Alphabet's world like us, uh, that you know, when you're watching that sort of thing, that uh, it's categorized under the fun or funny category, that they can completely yeah. categorize things. They've done it with the even, that's why I played on the title with freedom today, the way that they use that word. Or patriot, like our, our good friend Harlan says, P A Y T R I O T. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Harlan in the chat there. Uh, I also see uh, our friend, uh, Mayor Governor Tom, uh, is also in the chat. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm going off a little bit here, a lot, little off subject, but I, I wanted to bring up something. I'm no theologian, I was going to say before. And uh, uh, give yourself I, some more credit, sir. But, but I believe that it says somewhere in the Bible, correct me if I'm wrong, that you shouldn't trust fake Jesus. <laughs> you know, yeah. wasn't there something in the Bible? I like, fake Jesus is standing up there talking about adrenochrome. And... <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Don't right. trust fake Jesus. All right. Focus is new Moses, right? And that, <laughs> speaking of patriot, that whole play on words there. Uh -huh. Yeah. With the Jim Caviezel, there's that one clip where, like, there was, like, I don't know, a fucking Q convention or something. And he turns around, he's like, 
for the people that don't know, tell them what adrenochrome is. And he's like, well, it's when, uh, you know, kids get scared. They know they're going to die and their adrenaline flows. And it's like, nah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you just fucking freak them out, like, I mean, it's not even like they even know they're going to die. It's just like, as long as you can terrorize the fuck out of them, I'm assuming. Like, he yeah, doesn't have like a, his ex explanation is like very like vague, yeah, almost like weird. he just found out about it. And like it's Tim Ballard sitting there on, on, uh, it's like he Tim's was reading an urban dictionary definition or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yes. average Tim, walk Tim on the sidewalk. Ballard's on pool saying, I don't even know what Q is, you know, because people are, it's being yeah. lumped in the queue and discrediting the movie. And he's like, you know, they're coming after the movie. I don't even know what Q is. It's like, shut the right. fuck up. Right then and there. Yeah. Right then you and, and there. Diesel yeah. are interviewing Donald Trump and shit for your little podcast. Yeah. And you're telling me you don't know what the fucking Q is. Shut the fuck up. The rights version of Antifa. <laughs> you know, like, when you have the operation was a Gladio, Grace, you know, where you just have, you know, people influencing these these groups. No, that was terrorist down. attacks in Italy back in the 40s. Uh, but what I'm talking about, yeah, Antifa and all that shit, like, it's the same, two sides of the same coin. Provocateur yeah. types, it's not... I must have been yeah. conflating. And Q is like a weaponized to leave people in certain groups to influence them, though, right? That's provocative. The difference between yeah, yeah. the difference yeah. between Antifa and that is the psyop of the whole thing. Like Antifa exactly. shows up to fucking like destroy shit, like scream stuff, right. fascist shit or whatever. And then Q, like it's the same thing. Q apparently has been around since like 2000, since Trump got office or something right i didn't hear about it until after covid had began and then we went into these lockdowns and then you got these normal people sitting at home getting on the old computer they're, pizza, they're pizza gate tied into it too and they then it went them. boom yeah. like i can't remember what that uh that documentary was like 13 parts or something it's this one yes, it was hbo and it had no no it was uh uh fall the cabal Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a different one. Yeah, yeah. that people came get out recruited and... into the bullshit. That's why I brought yeah. it up. Not, not that I'm comparing like antifa thuggery tactics to like people that you know, whatever practice their QAnon bullshit, but it's just like both of them are just like those are certain people that might be susceptible to that type of media, those types of feelings, that particular ideology, and they are fully exploited. They are people yeah. that are being exploited. They may mean well. They may be great people. Uh, they may hold wonderful lives around them, but when they're sucked into that, they're they're sucked into something that's that's fake and probably influenced by intelligence agencies. Well, <laughs> uh, without a doubt, I mean, own. the whole idea was that they were waiting for Hillary Clinton and all the pedo Democrats, as if there were never any pedo uh, Republicans. Look at the Franklin scandal, and they they thought that they literally were going to have Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and all these other characters in handcuffs. And in military tribunals, they still believe this. They still believe this. They think shit. Now the storm is here. You're right. Like when when I first like got wind of Q, the first thing I seen was like the storm is coming, and they literally are telling everybody they are going to cut the power. It's yeah. going to go dark. Just sit tight, follow the plan. It'll be all right. Are you out of your fucking mind, dude? They fucking shut the power off to everybody. Like, and you know when they, it'll happen when they EMP. Always check your phone. Because if the phone's completely dead, they've EMP'd. 
That's if it don't blow up in your fucking pocket and take your leg <laughs> off. Right? I mean, if fucking yeah, telegraph yeah. machines could blow up with a little burst from the sun, yeah. imagine what the fucking lithium ion phone can do in your fucking pocket with a bur- with a sudden surge. Yeah. Well, it's done it in the past. Samsung had an issue years ago with that, yeah. where their their Samsung notes were exploding in people's pants pockets and burning them. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the nice. plan, and it was every two weeks. Remember? Every two Not weeks. Not the roasted you nuts you want. <laughs> and two weeks to slow the plan. Yes. Oh, wait, that's the curve. Or what? <laughs> well, actually, then it's all connected. Yeah. The curve. The curve. Trust the, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, and that's the weaponization of things, right? Yeah. So now they created this Q thing where you can just lump everything into it. He's like, oh, you're a Q tard. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you know, Magatard, Q-tard. you bring yeah. up the fact that the government has technology that might be uh, have voice to skull capability. Um, and you're just you're a Q-tard. You know, you bring up the fact that the government has the ability to put poison in our air or even change clouds to make it even to make it rain that they can. That's they why can they are bringing back Q right now. Yep. Why you're seeing this little surge. Bring it back the gimmick. Like because <laughs> the ones the normal people that like bought in. I had people like fucking calling me that wouldn't listen to me for a decade calling me up. Like, oh my God, did you know this? Did you know that? And it's yeah. like, yeah, I already knew that. Well, you probably pulled the card. Babies, oh my your God. You know, <laughs> that's when people right. get pissed. When, when people don't want to admit their faults. So people don't want to admit that they, they were being fucking rubbed. You know, that, that's. Yeah, the, well, they don't have to really admit it. They, it's, yeah. It was at the point of where it's kind of like pushed down, forgotten. You can now come up and be pissed about everything you should have fucking been pissed at, but you're too busy, like, stuck in this fucking Q shit. So now they resurge the Q thing, so that way it goes back into people's brains. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Trump indictments are a big part of that. I feel like the what? The Trump indictments are a big part of that to get his base rounded back. Oh, yeah, to on that. do that, and then did you see? Did you see how much his lawyers are being paid? I mean, no, I, I don't dig too deep into it. Yeah, I, just I don't either anymore. Criminal thing. He Thirty-six million. Thirty-six million to represent one man. Thirty-six million dollars. I got. I got. I got. Oh, three I gotta to tweet. Like Chris yeah. Rancas, I'm going to make you a defense attorney. I'm going to pay you thirty-six million dollars to appear in a case that has no evidence. Good luck. <laughs> you know, just like show up. Just be like, yeah, we declared this. Shit, dude. It's all uh, part of the operation. Absolutely. And just look at his coffers filling right now. Like just with people running to him, like even from this sound of freedom, fucking shit. People are still donating to uh, Trump tarot cards. Yep. How how the association with everything works, and the alternative media sets it up too. Like the alternative media sets it up where people run, you know, to Donald Trump as a solution for different things, and and it's just it it's just if you wanted something like our friend Harlan goes into uh, Orange Jesus. You know, that just like if you want if you want something solved in life, you just pray to Orange Jesus and he's going to deliver it to you like you don't have to understand the actual process. You don't have to look into the details of things. And just like if you if you vote this guy in, everything's going to be a OK. And and I, and I see friends in my life that just I don't they, they don't have they don't have the fucking time. 
they don't have the time of day to even like spend 15 minutes watching a show like ours, Chris from Rancast. Like, uh, yeah. they so whenever they look to solutions for what are the political problems that do affect their life, like whenever they go to the grocery store and everything fucking sucks, like everything is twice as much, if not in stock, you know, that then you have like the issues with transportation, you have the issues with childcare, and then what has happened with medical bullshit and insurances and other things recently too. Like basically everything that I do all day, it's just as the same as my friends do is that when I go to work, the money that I make goes towards the bills that I'm forced to pay to exist in this world. I have to uh, act in accordingly and act a certain way or else I will lose my ability to do that. So we have to behave in a certain pattern and a certain structure. There's a certain structure to my day. Pretty much everything in my life in modern times is curated. Like I have very little free will to move about other than the fact that I get to be here every Friday and think and speak openly on, on a platform that I'm allowed to be on, at least for now, because I'm banned from YouTube and alphabet life. Yep. But also as we, as we looked at solutions in the future, the people that are looking for a solution through Do someone like Donald Trump, Donald Trump will openly allow and under the guise of freedom and free markets and capitalism and whatever other rhetoric that he could use to allow us to slip further into corporatism, to allow the, the bigger companies to move in as the solution, because that's what he did with COVID. Like that was his damning thing that he did during COVID for me, is that he allowed companies like 3M and Pfizer and all these others to step in. And they, they, it was all of a sudden a bit like a big Marvel team up between Orange Jesus and Pfizer and whomever else to, to bring you your solutions. He brags about forcing them to do it. Yeah. Warps I mean, yep. yeah. I mean, I have, I have folders. Like I've been going through all my clips cause I screen record everything nice. and, uh, starting to, you know, organize them. It's good to argue. So I have like a folder of like yeah. 300 and 400 different Trump clips and snips and interviews and shit like that. You know, is no fucking Fishing. humility. He never, ever admits fault. Like, and that's disgusting that's to me as a human being. Like, I don't want that in somebody that's a representative. Like, people that look to somebody as a leader, like, if you think that these fucking presidents are your leader, you're wrong. You're looking at it upside fucking down. Like, they are, they are your servant. They are not your leader. And to allow them to be your leader is just yeah. like Dave Mustaine said. You take a mortal man, you put him in control, soon the fucking heads will roll paraphrasing but when it, when it when it comes when when it comes down to it though like uh, the people that true that are the true believers in this the people that are still flying the kellers the people that are still buying the trump merch like i'm seeing less of them though and that actually kind of scares me a little bit because like there's no in between now like the way it's presented to us for 2024, which is going to be a big year for alternative media. Trust me on this, because I mean, this is this is an impasse that we're reaching right now. Where if you know, if we if we still believe that there is a furtherance on one side versus the other of where this can go, if we're not just damned to live in some sort of dystopia where the the government and uh, banks and media organizations all in conglomeration with one another control our fucking reality. And we have anything to say of it. <laughs> for, for me, they've been doing this since September 11, 2001. And that's already 20 plus years now. So I think they can go a very long time with this bullshit. 
Well, well after yeah. I had Corey Hughes on last week, and like, yeah, they've been. I mean, ever since Kennedy. I mean, that's. I was going to go back that far, but like, yeah, I don't even have to go back that far. We got the 2001 Patriot Act, all that bullshit. Anthrax is the beginning of yeah. Fauci yeah. being able to do his gain of function shit again. You know, it, was, it all yeah. goes back to 2001. But yeah, Kennedy for sure. Yeah, it, but from 2001 to like now, it's like the the gap between these uh, major events is shortening. It's almost weekly now. Especially the shootings. <laughs> well, so yeah. what you guys are saying is like the the illusion that we have representative control at all, like in this country, um, was pretty much shattered with a bullet through. Yeah, they blew his fucking head off yep. and his yeah. brother's head off. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, uh, like I had Corey Hughes on, and he goes fucking deep, like. I know the Kennedy stuff, the magic bullet stuff. I'm not like deep, deep. Like that's the thing is like I research stuff, but like I couldn't write you a fucking book, you know. I couldn't like uh, I probably couldn't do a documentary or nothing, you know. Well, I just you know have humility. You're not on here claiming that you're a fucking expert like other people will do, and be like, <laughs> no, oh, I love you, you, I love you all the more them, for right? it. I love you all the more for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am no yeah. expert. People will fucking hit me up. They're like, I love your like smarts and stuff, and it's like I don't know what the hell you're talking about because you're a critical thinker. That's that's what it is. You're not you're not somebody just trying to like archive information in your brain. Some of us just do it by happenstance, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that knows him. Yep. <laughs> yes, but but how far the you know from the creation of the CIA was specifically this to create this like spy propaganda arm and like the fact that they were like building up Oswald years prior to JFK for some other thing and then they just used him for what they needed. Oh, it's like holy yeah. shit. Man, and they do that with uh, with uh, operative operative. I can't even say operatives all the time. They'll switch them over to a different op or whatever. And that's what you know. Going back to the records thing, you know that they pulled out on me, and like times when I'm like talking about it, and it's like, oh fuck! Like the last time I was talking about it, like it was like freaking me out. The more I was talking about it, because like holy shit! Because I think I'd already talked to Corey, and it's like, god damn, what they are willing to go through and like if it's 100 percent fact on the mk ultra that there's people that have no fucking clue they're even part of it exactly yeah even when they're triggered to carry out what they need and then they're either eliminated or, or they don't remember whatever. yeah i mean it's in the free. records that they're willing to hide yeah so, so i mean and then like Netflix dropped that spycraft. I don't know if you guys seen this thing and it's I don't yeah. know how many parts it is, but it goes like piece by piece of all the spy shit they got, but the sexpionage part. Yes. You know, just knowing like China and other countries, I, it's got to be us as well. You know, they'll basically it's a fucked up term, but breed a spy. Well, if you, you know, at, if you look at people like Kathy O'Brien, and I know people yep. that there are criticisms of Kathy O'Brien, but if you take her story at face value, uh, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying, basically. Yeah, I mean, what we see it with, like, uh, 
Well, they showed us with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the two spies. They were married to each other. They didn't even yeah, know they were spies. But Brad Pitt. Or they yeah. didn't know they were spies. They didn't know each other was spies. But there were spies that married each other because that was their fucking job, right? And that's the, that's just a soft disclosure of what they are willing to do. And then you find like Solwell and these other fucking uh, who was it? Was it uh, Feinstein who had the Chinese fucking spy, spy driver? Right? for yep. yes 25 fucking years i believe so, you know yeah. that's his job that's like they raise these people to do this and then like the women like their, their job is to go like hook up with some fucking skeezy fucking politician to be able to fucking get dirt on it's black like, man, yeah black male tactics yeah wow imagine so, like, being the poor chinese male honeypot that was sent for Diane Feinstein, though, like that was that was the operation they selected you for. They're like, brought to you by Cialis. <laughs> like Agent Six, you're you're going to California. Okay, what's my mission? You're banging Diane Feinstein. You're banging Agent Number Two. The shit. <laughs> what a bummer! Oh, oh God. The number two in every the sense of the the number. And through co at the beginning of COVID, they're going through swooping and fucking picking up all the chinese spies and all the universities and shit oh yeah, like, yeah they were getting fucking popped supposedly yeah i mean i don't well, know didn't they just find that. a chinese bio lab out in california yes that was getting Holy some sort of shit. Yeah, yeah you guys i told you the story about before we went on air about the whole my my kids got in an accident yes yeah yeah so folks okay, in this the audience friday yeah, this was <laughs> A week ago today. I just this is an amazing a, story. I just pulled out a piece of glass. <laughs> so the reason why our friend Chris from Rancats is pulling a piece of glass out of his hand, uh, he's not a circus performer uh, that I know of. Right? <laughs> I I can't believe that. That was a week ago. Wow. I thought I got it all out. I just, yeah, I saved my kids. Sorry. Well, please, yeah, please tell us that story. Like I, I, I missed it right before. I'm afraid we I'm gonna get this thing in my bonnet. It fell in my chair there. Yeah, we should weird. document this story, Chris. This is, <laughs> that is weird. Story. Yeah, that is weird. That no coincidences, brother. Yeah, that's a. Because uh, yeah, last week uh, I got a phone call like ten minutes after my kids left. My oldest, she's sixteen, has a license. She usually takes my youngest to daycare, and uh, they left. My phone rang like 10 minutes after the left. So I already knew something was up. So I was already pretty much heading out the door. And I answer the phone and my daughter's like panicking. They're in a ditch. They've crashed. Uh, where we live, we're up in the hills. So it's all twists and turns. And a lot of it's ravines. Goes into uh, until you get down to the valley to get on the main road. And uh, I, uh, I ran out the door. In just my basketball shorts that I wear around the house. <laughs> no shirt, because it's the morning. No shirt in my dude shoes, my hey dude shoes that barely will stay on my feet. And I yeah. <laughs> I come around this corner and I see uh black marks, but no car. So I'm freaked out and I pull over and I jump out and down like 30 feet, my kid's car is on its side, pointing up the hill. She had spun backwards and flipped it over and down the hill <laughs> I, I uh i ain't got time to wait you know some somebody was there that i noticed kind of out of my peripherals at first 
and I jumped down into the ravine and uh, I didn't have anything with me. And this made me think of like when a car is like that laid on its side like that, how are they, how's someone supposed to get out of it? I guess you can pull the headrest off. We didn't know this, but the headrest is made to pull off and it's got spikes on it, but I didn't have anything. I yeah. didn't get my kids out of there. So I punched through the windshield and uh, made a hole in the windshield, was able to tear the windshield open and get them out. <laughs> and uh, this guy was standing up on the bank and I could hear him saying, Hey, I got gloves or something. And I turned around. And I was like, it's almost, it's pretty much too late now. I was already bleeding. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll take one. Cause it was cutting into my hand when I was trying to pull the window open. I put it on and I get my kids out and thank God they, nothing. They had no marks, no nothing. They were, they were good. And uh, when I come up out of there, everybody thought I was in the wreck because my hand was all bleeding yeah. and I pulled the glove off because blood was going through this leather glove. And the guy's like, you can keep that. You can just keep that right there. <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah. But <laughs> describe that adrenaline dump for us. Though. Like I've, I've had like, f like when you get into a fight, like you just get that, like you're shaking type of adrenaline. Like yep. just, I've had those moments in mosh pits a lot, but just like, dude, that must've been a crazy ride. <laughs> yeah uh yeah because it's just like when i i have a video i don't have it on my computer but after i'd gotten them out and the fire department was there, was there and stuff i went up to where my daughter had come off the road because she slipped off the road overcorrected is what she did and uh where i could see she come off the road and i kind of walked along and then look down into the thing and it's like holy shit because the pictures i took it doesn't even look like it's that deep but when you watch this video and it angles down in there it's like oh my god they were deep like if nobody if they wouldn't have been able to call and i guess one of the neighbors heard the screeching tires and called the cops or 911 but if it wasn't for that i mean People who just drove by never would have seen them down there. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's such a wow. such a wild feeling to be able to. I mean, I, I can imagine like sitting back after that. Like, do do you associate that that luck with anything? Like, is there some is there something that you say that you just have gratitude for the moment? Do you attach it to to something spiritual? Like, like how, some how higher you... was looking over them or something like that. You don't uh, have to. You don't have to feel pressured to, brother. I don't even. Know no, no, no. I don't. Myself, I, you know? I don't ever like. Uh, no, nah, I don't. It's just not an really. average moment in someone's life where they have that happen. It's, it's not. Uh, I feel like I was almost in more shock than my kids. Like my five-year-old, she didn't even really comprehend what had happened. Five-year-old was like, "Yeah, that was fun." <laughs> like one minute yeah, five you're driving like, the next the ground is right here you know it's like, crazy it out of the window, yeah, bro. yeah. yeah they're very forgiving memories they're just like yeah whatever you know yeah <laughs> it was later that night I, was, I showed her a couple pictures and she was like oh <laughs> we were in that and yeah, i'm like perspective yeah. man it's so different it's so different yeah. yeah it's uh yeah i feel like i was in almost a more of a shock of it yeah, I'm glad everyone's everybody in. knew something had happened except me until they called because they all have the live 360 app so no. they can 
see where everybody's at right so if there's a, a major impact like if you're moving at so many miles an hour and there's a major impact uh it knows you've had a wreck or there's been an accident so it alerts i don't have that shit on any of my devices because i i have to stay like you know locked down basically so i don't have that shit on there the location and stuff is manually fucking shut off the cameras all the systems is shut off and everything's blocked so I didn't get no thing, but I beat everybody there because they're, you know, they're just down the road, but it was crazy. So now I'm walking around, I got my hand all fucked up and people look at my hand and they're like, what the fuck? You, your older stuff. daughter now proverbially speaking, uh, is she getting back up on the horse again? Cause she got to be traumatized from that big time. Yeah. She's already driving. We were down, we were down to one car for a second. Cause the brakes, my pickup were shitty. And, uh, Every time I went to fix a piece on it, the next piece uh, had to be replaced. So that was ridiculous. But yeah, she's already driving to get to uh, her her practice at night already. Good stuff. Good stuff. Because that, I mean, that's gonna be like. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's if it was gonna happen, it needed to happen that way to learn a lesson, I guess, uh, because she didn't get cited you know so it wasn't anything on the insurance she would have skyrocketed the insurance because the car was you know it's a cheap car it's not like so we just had liability but no no issue on the insurance and no ticket on her license so she lucked out all the way around i mean all the way around uh and we're working on getting her a new car because it's just crazy I, I had an accident at work on the fourth of july and then she wrecked her car on the 4th of July. And my accident was I was in my dump truck and tilt it tipped over on me. And okay, so from now on, you're staying home on the 4th of July. <laughs> on the 4th of every month. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I kept trying to say on AM Wake, <laughs> I keep screwing it up. But when life, you know, gives you lemons... For me, they just smash the, you know, life smashes the pitcher. I can't make the goddamn lemonade right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like one thing after another. But what can you do, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's a thing. I, I have friends that very well feel that way all the time. They're just like, man, I got this fucking cloud that follows me. But what you talked about with being able to be in a fortunate situation, though, uh, and trust me on this, I, we, I had no clue that you were involved in that type of situation that accident at all before i wrote the this morning's monologue uh so when yeah. i talked about like myself getting it made me think of like all the different scenarios where i had done some dumb shit and i would have been able to get out of it because i was just in the right type of situation but i had so many other friends that weren't that, that oh, just man. didn't have the same opportunity man people that just lost their lives in car wrecks and you know yep. uh, fucking around like just I got crazy stories like that. Like, you know, I almost killed my brother drinking and driving 20 something years ago. Yeah. You know, and he survived. Luckily, somehow, I, I, I don't know what the deal is. I've just, I've gotten into crazy bad situations, but I, I come out of it reasonably unscathed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's something where uh, there is uh, something about luck. And when people describe that sort of thing that people have, or just that, that they have like a certain ability to get to squeeze past things. 
Um, it's, it's an awesome situation to hear that your children are unharmed and things like that. But the emotion that you talked about there, like the feeling of, man, I need to get there. I don't care what I have to do to my hand to get to them. Like that type of raw and visceral emotion, I think affects people psychologically, uh, deeply psychologically. Mm -hmm. So therefore, like people that study that sort of psychology and understand that that's something that makes people tick. I think that that's why, I mean, when I bring up this next one in the big four for this week, um, that here, let me switch over to the right actual fucking thing. There we go. Boom. Um, that when people see stories like this, like immediately my blood starts to fucking boil. Like I know I, I have very dear friends in my life, people like John Henry, you know, people uh, that are like Lisa, that are parents that would do anything to help their kid. And if this was your, when you mentioned how old your, your daughter is, Chris Rancast, like when you, when you mentioned that and, and reading a story like this, like immediately, I just want to fucking punch somebody in the mouth. Like I have, I get a, I get a bad fucking feeling when I see shit like this. But then also when I read on into these stories, like something that my friend Lisa has taught me more about here on the show um, is that when you read into these stories and you look at who's in charge, and how subjective the judgments are and who gets to be the judge in these types of cases. Folks that are listening, I pulled this from Fox 11, Los Angeles. This is investigation continues into how 14-year-old girl ended up in Camp Pendleton barracks. Um, now this from Oceanside, California, military officials on Tuesday released the latest details on the investigation into a U.S. Marine and a 14-year-old girl who was reported missing but found two weeks later in Marine Corps uh, base camp Pendleton. Now, in quotes, it says the first Marine logistics group. What's logistics? Is it the moving around of things? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, continues to take the allegations regarding the Marine very seriously. At this time, the command is cooperating with law enforcement to ensure that the ongoing investigation is complete and thorough. So meanwhile, yeah. what the they're saying quotes, is... Yeah, quotes on the investigation, by the way. <laughs> so under normal circumstances, Lisa, right? If someone's daughter goes missing, right? And it's within a certain jurisdiction, then law enforcement handles that. But since this apparent offense has occurred on a military base, that changes things, doesn't it? And we've For talked sure. about this with Title IX bullshit with colleges, too, because they do the same fucking thing there with when it comes to rape is who gets to decide what rape is and what penalty what the even the penalty of that is like you would expect that if you live in a certain state where the penalty for rape is 10 years or something like that maybe getting your dick cut off i don't know what it is but um you know what what is it when it comes down to uh the marines do they get to decide how long and what type of penalty this is going to be and uh, and shocker here for you folks uh when i read on in this Guess what? Nobody's in custody. Let's read on. It says, at this time, the command is cooperating with law enforcement to ensure the ongoing investigation is complete and thorough, the statement read. More information will be released once a preliminary hearing is scheduled and complete, officials added. So they're doing their own little investigation, their own little hearing about it, and they'll just they'll work with the law enforcement on what happened. Now, it also says in quotes, following the hearing, the command will consider appropriate charges, if any. Based on the results of the investigation, uh, available evidence, and consultation with prosecutors, the statement read. Now, the team was reported missing June 13th by her grandmother in San Diego. 
who told authorities she'd run away from home just days prior. The grandmother told the deputy who interviewed her that the girl had run away before, but only for brief periods. A missing persons report was taken and the girl's information was entered into multiple missing person databases, including the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Gee, you think they could fucking use any of that information, Chris, from Rancast to profile people? <laughs> well, and, and from that... How do you find your runaways, folks? And, and the lack of urgency, right? I'm thinking be, because the, you know, they had that perception um, about that she was a runaway. So that lack of uh, urgency, right? Yeah, because that's a big argument thing. Like, uh, I can't, th I can't remember the exact stats of how many kids go missing a day, how many a month, how many, or how many a week, how many a month, how many a year, or the profile it's that she had at past of just being a missing person. So, mm -hmm. because of that, then you could easily say, "Oh, well, she just did it again," instead of being kidnapped out of her own fucking home. Maybe you, you don't know. Now she's just yeah. a missing person. So it's just. Uh, that's that's the damning thing too about these labels that and the way that they're expressed through media is that when you read that somebody's been a missing person um you automatically put it in your mind that they have a certain pattern of behavior they do it for everybody they even do it when it comes to smearing people as pederists <laughs> you know our friend, well, I mean, our friend before, Don went into that <laughs> a missing <laughs> person is like especially with kids it always mm -hmm. put it in your head kidnapped mm -hmm. they were taken and now it's, it's not always that they're taken, but seeing she was gone multiple times, was she with a specific soldier? Because then you're looking at a grooming thing. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, that's the question I had, too. And, uh, she's gone. Now, it that's, says the team was located here on June 28th in the barracks of Camp Pendleton by military police, who then notified the local authorities. I guess that's probably procedure. But then Camp Pendleton is located about 40 miles north of San Diego. How did she get 40 miles away from San Diego if that's where she lives? Uh, also, it says officials said the teen whose family says has learning disabilities, again, with the profiling, was interviewed and has since returned home to her grandmother. Now, that's what officials said. Hold on for one second. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to think about this. We're talking about a military base. How does a 14-year-old exist for two one? weeks on a base? How do you get cocaine past White House security, Lisa? <laughs> Isn't Pendleton <laughs> the one where uh, people keep ending up dead? Oh, that? Graves, have Is you read anything like that by Camp Pendleton or any of these military bases? One of these bases where people, where end people keep ending up dead. They keep know, finding uh, people dead. I know Fort Hood is uh, notorious for that. Okay, maybe it's Fort Hood like female uh soldiers like just dying mysteriously i know there was i mean i think one was found uh not Pen too long ago like they've been Pendleton killed off they, they, murdered found yeah. dead kidnapped there was a rash of those yeah a rash of those in the last and it was all years. the same base yeah i thought it was pendleton but it might be hood well check it out here too because it says a marine with combat logistics battalion five first marine logistics group Wow, that sounds pretty high up, was taken into custody for questioning by the Naval Criminal Investigative Services, or NCIS, you know, like the show. 
and the lead agency handling the investigation on June 28th. So the same day the team was located, they brought somebody in, but the Marine has since been released to his command. Let me, While, ask, us, let me ask a stupid question. Um, was Marines, he caught with the girl and still allowed to go back? That's just what I wanted to throw out there. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck was the situation even where they found this girl? What kind of situation did they find her in? And how was this aunt, guy allowed to go back to his fucking job? Her aunt posted well, TikTok. Six, huh? six, look look at the last uh, the thing I just put in the chat there. Oh, I shall. Here, let me add it to the source list and I'll bring it right over. We're even asking for Four Hood to be shut down. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, this is uh, from Newsweek. This is Fort Hood faces calls to be shut down after death of another female soldier. And this was as of, wow, this year, 317-23. And it says, yeah, calls to shut down Fort Hood have grown after social media, on social media, after yet another female soldier who had complained of sexual harassment was found dead at the Texas military base on Monday, per a statement released by, by Fort Hood. Wow. That's awful, man. Yeah, I mean, people that go to serve, and then this is the result of it. I mean, how? Uh, what are the believe other? Me, and believe me, Ford Hood is not. Uh, they're not unknown to have shenanigans because uh, right now I'm trying to put together a Fort Hood shooting uh, special. So they're known for moving people around that may have been. Oh with... shit! That was the one that the shooting happened on, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Where there were three shooters sighted, and they were all soldiers and they were all taken into custody but it just became the one lone nut um arab psychiatrist of course it was in the age of the bullshit war on terror and we're actually going to talk about a story from our good friend ken silva uh in a second here too uh chris about the bullshit war on terror i think you're going to quite enjoy it but um just to um just to round out what i wanted to get through for this though um it says um uh, it is not clear uh what time? Uh, I'm sorry. Did I get to the wrong thing? No, you're about there. there. We go. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, military officials say they cannot release any other details, including the age or rank of the Marine. So it also says the case has been handed over to Naval Criminal Investigative Service, the federal agency in charge of investigating Navy and Marine criminal <laughs> cases. So NCIS spokesman Jeff Houston said no one has been arrested or charged in the case. She, he was said the raped. Marine, she was raped. Yeah. He said the Marine yeah. was detained for questioning and released back to his command. And the Sheriff's Department and the San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force are assisting the investigation. In more ways than one. And well, it her says family, that yeah, her family. someone who identified as her aunt put out a video. Yeah. Yep, says right here that uh, a woman who identified herself as the girl's aunt, uh, Cassandra Perez, posted a TikTok video that has since gone viral, alleging her niece was raped at the Camp Pendleton military barracks. And also, it's been alluded to that in order for the Marine to have access to that girl... And it says it's not clear at this time what the Marines connection is what I was looking for. Uh, it's just one little sentence. Marines connection is with the teen, but her family alleged she was sold to a Marine for sex. So, I mean, is there going to be an investigation into who's feeding this demand potentially? I wonder if, uh, and how many records on people would they have? 
how do you do you follow those transactions? Do you follow that money? Do you follow their they're they're tracking them? I mean, Chris from Rancast, if you have an app that can track your children, I'm sure that they track these military motherfuckers, especially when you're in the uh Marine ta- Battalion Five fucking logistics group. Like this guy's not being watched. Yeah, not like, sure uh, what he's know, up to during the day. <laughs> they're deploying three thousand with their reserves over to Europe. <clears throat> like what is about this battalion? Is there uh were they about to be deployed? I mean, did this dude think he was gonna scoop this girl up and throw her in one of the transport planes and take her with or what the fuck? Oh, oh yeah. I mean what 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 was this ultimately supplying? I mean, one would assume that this was just supplying one person since it's been a one person arrest. That doesn't mean yeah, that I, there wasn't multiple yeah. <laughs> participants in this, you know, She's, and I hate to get into that type of dark shit, but when you know that that kind of dark shit does exist, you have to acknowledge it, right, Graves? Like, that's stuff that you've got into with our friend Dana, uh, who does amazing research. Highly recommend checking out her stuff. I think she's also banned off of YouTube for the next fucking week or something like that, right? A lot of dark shit that I don't really want to concentrate on anymore, to be honest, but it's out there. Oh, in 2020, there was a rash of uh, Fort Hood uh, women that died. So that was what I was talking about, where I remember there was a long stretch. Oh, Fort Bragg is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, Fort Bragg was, yeah, there was a couple of these. And there's, yeah, Fort Hood, too, had, what, 16 different? Yes. (laughs) Soldiers. Holy shit. Yep. (laughs) It's all mysterious, though. This is from our friend Chris Graves. Yeah, Chris just uh, looked this up for us, too. This is another Fort Hood soldier, Vanessa. Was it Geelan's? Uh, death puts spotlight on military's handling of sexual assault and harassment. So how, yeah, what, what is this feeding? Is it just one-on-one? Is, is it, is it this, a deeper, this particular more disturbing case, type of part of the culture there? Well, they go into how it was pretty shady about the, how like the boy, her body being moved around and she was bludgeoned to death with a hammer by a fellow soldier. And uh, yeah, just the shenanigans. Like that yeah, was 2020, so it was during the COVID stuff where the Pentagon was first releasing UFO videos. Remember, and we had the lockdowns, and then all of a sudden race riots. So we were getting hit by a lot of these uh, female soldiers disappearing in what seemed like serial killer kind of uh, incidents, but maybe they weren't serial killer incidents. You know, well, Except in times in- of chaos, just like yeah. in times of war or natural disaster, that's when these sort of things go down. When you destabilize certain things, that's the biggest fear about like, what, what if we do uh, switch over our currency to a CBDC or something like that? What if we don't? What if we're forced to? Because the, the way it's being presented to us is that the BRICS nations are going digital, Russia's digital. We have to keep up with them or else our economy collapses. Because when the fucking economy collapses, you go back to basics. And one of the oldest professions in the, in the world is sex stuff (laughs) okay um and that applies to all sorts of things and people not just women it could be kids it could be boys it could be girls it could be it could be grown men too you know and and just like when we create these sort of destabilizations around the earth like when we when we as a military force uh, elect you know people how how does that work because we don't we don't really tell our military what to do do we in this country who does (laughs) Well, if I remember correctly, uh, Donald Rumsfeld approved the the torture at Gitmo in the mid-2000s. 
in the I sex mean, work thing, it. look at yes. the rise of OnlyFans to like uh not nah, like make it more like acceptable, I guess. Well, because look where the yourself. technology came from. I mean, all all the technology that was used overseas in Afghanistan and other places for the past several decades has been brought back and commercialized and weaponized against us. So the ability to control and create ideologies, the ability to create groups and label them like QAnon, <laughs> all that shit was used against people in, in these places, um, especially during the uprisings in the Middle East. Like when you look at uh, the, the wave of uh, over the summer of just you, you got Egypt, you got Libya, you got all these other places like people, any place where stuff is popping off, you can look at the influence of social media of the uh, types of accounts that people have. And now that's all becoming ubiquitous. It's all becoming something where now they're trying to make X the new WeChat. So if we're all existing on this platform, which is the only one that really gives me any sort of um, somewhat organic growth, I, I would suppose, um, is that you know we are going to be forced into a place where we live in a military terrorist, uh, terroristic organization's globe that they have complete corporate control over every single fucking thing that we do. Like no, every decision that we're allowed to make is influenced by the information that they show us and drip down to us. And we're constantly forced to live in a critical world where we may not exist where we know everything. Like what you brought up before Chris from Rancast is that, you know, when people talk to you about, you know, your smarts and everything and how you nail certain things, it's because that you live life and you could probably think on your feet pretty well. You know, so you get to, you know how to work a critical process in your brain. I'm afraid that in the future, people aren't going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to do it oh, because there's going to be a threat to them. Yeah, there's going to be a threat to them. And that threat could even be physical. Like right now, we live in the era of a soft tyranny where we, we don't really have freedom of speech in this country. That we have, you know, a government that can infiltrate um, X or Twitter and Facebook and all these other entities, and they can they can scoop up our information. They can uh, censor us. Um, they, they can, can openly tell us. Yeah, absolutely. They can openly tell us that they're doing it. And what is what is what is the repercussion for that? We're actually going to talk to a constitutional uh, attorney in a, in a couple of weeks, uh, John W. Whitehead, um, and he's going to come on for an hour. Uh, I believe the twenty fifth. And we're going to we're going to have a conversation about what is the government's penalty for violating our First Amendment for the last several years. If well, they I don't know if you've seen the uh, the Pfizer, not the Pfizer, the FDA lawsuit that's going on. And there was testimony on the 8th the other day. And uh, <clears throat> this is the case about the ivermectin. OK, it, the lawyers for the FDA literally say they have something called sovereign immunity. So they can say whatever they want. It doesn't matter if it's misleading, misinformation. If they didn't know the facts, it doesn't matter that they have sovereign immunity. And the government gives the way Dr. Shiva explained it. I can't remember the, the technical term for what it's called because he's already called this out because they basically give this to government entities to the FDA, the CDC, to Fauci, to... I, I I'm wondering how far down it goes, right? Because when you look at like Twitter and stuff, and like you see these guys getting paid, you know, from they're showing their paychecks and stuff. These are the government's involved in Twitter, right? They told us 
Yes. You think it's changed? No. Just because fucking Elon runs the shit, it did not change. Uh, I'm glad you're not carrying any water well, for that motherfucker. Yeah. Especially <laughs> because of Elon. I mean, DARPA, baby, come on. If they are clawed into to Twitter, those guys that are being paid, like I said, with Tim Pool being able to mention, you know, COVID and all these these uh, these buzz terms that my I'll get fucking pulled off YouTube immediately. And who also says that he didn't want to take his ivermectin when it was prescribed to him. <laughs> well, he didn't believe in it. Do they get that immunity as well? Okay. You know, because well, they're you can not believe in something as much as you want. That, that was the thing about social media at that time and anything. It just any influence on that. If you wanted to shit on something as being like fake or phony, that it, as long as it uh, benefited the, the elite or whatever in, in the sky, I call them the GCO, the global corporatist oligarchy. As long as it benefited that entity, you were allowed to say it. But if you had the inverse opinion, yeah. if you believe that a certain type of medicine did work, then that was verboten. You're not allowed to say that the pill works. You have to say this, that it doesn't. This <laughs> this hearing the other day, they said, no, nah, doctors could prescribe it. We never said you couldn't prescribe it. Like, what the fuck? People should be so fucking pissed at that. Just that hearing here, especially the ones that got the vaccine and like really fucking suck the balls of the propaganda on that one like you know to hear they have sovereign immunity to say whatever the fuck they want it doesn't matter if it's true not true if they've studied it didn't they can say we did study this we did this 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 and this when nobody did any of it they literally probably went to chat gpt and said hey knock out this like what two weeks this slowly that sounds good and uh, they put that shit out there you know like you know, because Chad GPT, they've been working with for a while. That's probably who came up with the slow the curve thing. Oh, They're well, yeah. So How much of what we're being presented has been sort of already sort of pre-planned through AI? Like if you yeah. could feed in a bunch of people's metadata into a supercomputer, can you sort of predict their their reactions to certain things? Oh, do you know how to work them in certain ways? They claim they, that they already can do this. Yeah. And then, like, uh, we covered the... Uh, they're using it to sell you gum. Box. Like, they're they're already past that fucking point. I well, think they've been doing this shit. <laughs> I've noticed, you know, doing AM Wake Up, I have my Twitter open, and I can see the Twitter trending. Yeah. And sure shit, it is changing in real time on the browser yep. to what we talk about. Yeah. It's like, I thought it was doing it, and then it's like, yeah, Creepy. it's totally yep. fucking doing it hey six like, look at look at the last uh the second to last uh article i just put not all of them but just the second to last backs up what we abc talking. one yeah abc yeah Okay, this is, uh, here, let me increase it a little bit so people can see. None of the no. Army's report on the investigation into the death of the... No, 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 second to last she one. She was sexually harassed one. by her yeah. super... Also ABC News, yeah. This one here? Oh, where is it? There's two ABC News ones. <laughs> we move on now to uh -oh. the alarm. And it automatically plays. Two... Fuck you, guy. Them bastards, man. Take my show. All right, the neat... <clears throat> one is it that fucking autoplay yeah i can't sit they recently did that with rumble i noticed uh where they it used to never autoplay and now i'm like sitting around with friends and i'm scrolling through videos and if i click oh it autoplays with like sound autoplays yeah so then you have to mute it and it saves the mute option so then you have to remember to unmute it's just it's a bitch 
It's the, it's the very last one, CNN. Oh, pardon me. Uh, do, do, do. It's okay, sir. All right. So, yeah, this is Army punishes 14 senior officers after murder and other deaths at Fort Hood. Wow. Yeah. Got somebody. Bernie so, yeah, Fort Hood was the one. Yeah, Pendleton had basically all that came up for that in the last couple of years was the 14-year-old right now. But what was their punishment, though? Like, did they, they have to wear a funny out. hat for a day? Like, yeah. what was? <laughs> uh, they were just kicked out. Okay. They had to go oh. evacuate Afghanistan. So you you assist and murder somebody, you just you just leave the Marines, just like okay, well you're out now. That's all. That's look at nine eleven. They got promoted instead of uh, demoted or fired or charged. It's crazy because the military, you know, the one signing up is declining rapidly. (laughs) You know, our military is like fucking falling apart, and like they have like these projects they spend all these fucking millions of dollars billions of dollars and they don't fucking work where the shit like the f-35 lightning still doesn't even work right you know and that's billions and billions of fucking dollars on that shit like well i definitely wasn't definitely meant, to, wasn't be meant in, to be any soldier, any soldier but uh but, uh, I, w- I would love to know what the fuck is going on with our and i tried to join yeah after 9 11 but i was i still had active cases and stuff happening. you know was, my pap stopped me uh i was thinking about it and he doesn't almost yeah he served and he became a pacifist afterwards and he he just said it's not fucking it the blood isn't worth it yeah like yeah. and that that really affected my viewpoint from it from that point on because like i was i grew up listening to like conservative talk radio i was ready to go after 9 11. like i i had a girlfriend that was uh that had somebody that was uh working in the pentagon at the time and uh you know i i was all about going and fighting that war on terror when it first was launched like i gotta i have to admit like i was a fucking mark like when i look back at the way that i i view things and the way i view them now i'm a fucking completely different person if i would have been given that ability to go over there and somebody put a gun on my hand i have no idea what kind of human being i would be now and we have plenty of friends in this community that did that you know, like Chris, you've worked with Tony Arterburn. He's talked about that and, and and living that kind of life and what that sacrifice meant. I had no fucking clue what that sacrifice meant when I was given that opportunity. Yeah. Like, that's what's disgusting to me. Like, when you talk about informed consent, <laughs> you know. Dude, <laughs> I was just going to go. I was just trying to get out of I, my 9-11 wasn't even on. Cause it was probably like 2003-ish. Maybe 2002. It was after 9-11, but it I wasn't going for 9-11. I was trying to serve myself, like get out of like being in trouble and shit. But they oh, said, yeah. nope. Lucky for me yeah. that they fucking said no. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know what would have happened either if I would have went. Like I, like I said, I wasn't like gung-ho about 9-11 and stuff to go over. I was just trying. I, they, I knew they had money, right? And like it's structure you know and after all my time being in and out of these placements i know i'm really good with structure you know and i could probably move up pretty quickly you know and they were like nah <laughs> when other people they were like yeah they'll just pay off your fucking fines and whatever and you know because they give you money and they take it out of that and it's no big then deal find out later like, on, don't then think you, so then you find out later on that uh, there were a whole bunch of families that had to pony up their own cash to go send uh their sons and daughters um the proper you know uh, 
gear and shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, and they got to send over like care packages. I remember in school back desert. This is Desert Storm time, right? Back in the nineties. I mean, Desert Storm went active what like january 6th of 1992 or 91 it was 91 yeah yeah and uh i remember being in school and we'd make care packages for soldiers now looking back at that it's like fuck man we had where'd all the money go like why the fuck do you got kids collecting like toilet paper and fucking little tubes of colgate and shit i'm not even talking about that chris i'm talking about the armor they had to pay for armor in a lot yeah. of cases. I mean, back in the day, we were sending them fucking Colgates. Yeah, I remember that. Imagine like, where it is now. They've stolen yeah. so much fucking money. You I know? remember that. It was like UNICEF or whatever. The UNICEF program was sending the care packages for <laughs> yeah. the golf. golf. Yeah. Desert yeah, it's sport. like, fuck, man. Like, we can't. We don't. They don't take care of soldiers here. No. They don't take care of soldiers there. Even the philanthropic organizations themselves are a lot of the times just about a bunch of fuckery or just some sort of shill organization, right, Lisa? Just the way that they'll siphon money away from the all the patriot organizations doing it for the troops and all these other things. Well, those target soldiers now getting, that are retired. Getting, getting, getting human guinea, guinea pigs. Oh, even that? Yeah. 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 So. so now the enlistment is on a rapid decline. And like our military spread out all over the fucking place, you know, and you have like Zelensky on TV saying that our kids are going to have to spill their blood. And it's like you look at Ukraine and for what that's worth, if that's really what I hear is like, it's like a meat grinder. I mean, they're pulling guys off just to send them out to the middle of nowhere to pretty much they're wiping out a whole generation over there. And that is by design as well. If they ju- wipe out that generation, they their kids, you have these Play-Doh brains to indoctrinate and mold into yeah. what you want. So it's yeah. a it's like a mini reset happening. But right you could be trans of- in the military now, Chris. That I mean, that's that's you the can. draw, right? You Isn't that go. the big? <laughs> that's the big headline that you can you can get into the military and you can get some fake tits or something. Yeah, and it want. turns out. You know, they thought, I don't know what they thought. They announced that and like all of a sudden, all these people just run and line up, you know, in their high heels and shit. Didn't happen. Like, yeah, all that happened was like, what's that? Yeah. Do you remember the the model used to be don't ask, don't tell? I just said that. That's what I just said. And now it's like, you better tell. I zoned out. Mm -hmm. It's mandatory. You must tell. But are these just AI blips? Do you know, like when there's just like mess ups in like a AI photo, like you'll find like words that don't make sense or just like arms and legs and limbs that are too long and just like certain things don't make sense. Like, are we relying on people that are guiding this that are such conformists to it that even when it's that absurdly wrong, that they'll still be able to push it anyway? And it gets over on a certain amount of people. Like, I'm sure there is like at least a few people that sign up. It's like, now's my time. I can serve my country. I'm a I'm a proud trans marine, and, and that I mean, hey, if that's your deal, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm 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 a bit of a mark for certain things myself too, but um, you know, maybe a smart mark in some occasions. But you know, when when it comes down to it, though, with the the AI blip thing, the reason why I mentioned it is they're always seeming like in organizations, particularly ones that are say geared towards profit, they're always looking at ways to gain more profit, how to exploit or create new demographics. 
And I think a lot of the trans issue itself and alone has, has been that too, where they're just trying to find and create and exploit a new demographic of people in order to get a certain amount of juice out of it. Whether it be making it on pharmaceuticals that people take for the rest of their lives to maintain their true personality or um, all of the surgery money, you know, that they'll probably spend to look like something else than what they are. Um, and then on top of that, too, when you when you get them to serve the military and go over and just indiscriminately drone strike women and children, uh, then you're telling them that they're doing it for good. You know, that's for freedom, guys. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> Well, I mean, they don't even have to send anybody over really anymore. I mean, they oh, that's the other scary thing. Have machines that can do it. I well, mean, they they typically have lawyers, right, Lisa, that stand behind these guys making the calls to push the button on the drone strike. Uh, you know, I'm just you know kind of summarizing here what happens, but they do. They talk to people that are like lawyers and and, and have studied like military ethics and basically what the U.S. can get away with. But Chris, we don't abide yeah, by any international rules of any fucking sort that even dictate what we can do or get away with, right? So why even have the lawyers there? Is that because we're not going to be held to account on any international criminal court if we just blow innocent people up, will we? No, and that's crazy. It's like uh, I keep saying, like legalese and this lawyer stuff is it's spell casting because oh. you know we have these laws, you know, and then they make it, they write them so people can't even understand what the fuck they're reading when they're trying to understand. They write the them so only a certain percentage will abide, and the others that don't have to, it'll never, it'll never harm them. It'll keep the rest of us in the corral, and the rest, and, and the other people that are allowed to be outside the corral in the different pasture are allowed to fucking shit anywhere they want in the pasture. <laughs> that, that's Thank how God really you tell me that. Off. Finally, I can, I can shit. Any what were you gonna say, Lisa? No, it's it's about lawyers sabotaging their own clients. I mean, it, that it's, too. It's one big charade. That's yeah, crazy. to think that, that there's good guys. Alex and bad Jones guys. thing, when Alex Jones his case, and then the that defense lawyer was like, uh, "So we got all your text messages, you know?" And he's like, "What? Well, I guess you got me, Perry Mason. I, you know, I, I figured Alex Jones would have just stood up and be like, "You're fired." You know, exactly. And he real. didn't do any Alex Jones like behavior during that, did he? No. He played his part well in that. Well, they didn't yeah. the, the well, judge tell him that you can't defend, you can't fucking say yes. pretty much anything to defend yourself. You that's just kind of got to sit there and take it. And then he's sitting there shooting his shit with the family that's suing him and they're bringing him water and an aspirin. I got that footage too. Alex Jones used sure. what I will call the Hulk Hogan defense that Alex Jones is a character. Yep. So the the interpretation that you see on on Jones's show is a character that he plays, yep. whereas in real life as Alex, like, you know, he he behaves differently and he may even have a different size penis. Um, <laughs> even that's though, like, on, 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 on the stand, camera, that, a majority of his fucking day. Yeah. So he's in character like he's like the Jim Carrey of conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. there, there wasn't even a trial for Frig's sake. I no. mean, it was, it was a warning to us. Yeah. Judgment. There wasn't even any litigation. It was a warning to us to not ask questions on future events. That's what it was. Like you can get sued for all the money. Trillion dollars, literally. Yeah. We're going to see you Rest for in peace, all the Bill coins. Cooper. That's all I got to say. Rest in peace, Bill Cooper. <laughs> it's, fucking yeah. it's wild. It's 
wild where we're at, the theater, everything's a fucking psyop. I'm at the point where nothing's real, anything's possible. Unless I can touch it, yeah, I can feel it, it's in my physical even reality. That they, even that they can manipulate too. So it's like yeah, they're making yeah. it so you can't trust your own. They can, but I'm still rooted in that right now until right. I, you know they start fucking with my goddamn physical shit. Like, exactly. but when it comes to the black scry, the fucking uh, the black mirror thing, yeah. it's what we all get all of our information from, and like, it's spell, it's all spell casting shit. <laughs> like, I just learned about the scry mirror, you know, and I know a lot about occult stuff, and I just I probably learned it before, and something pushed it out of my fucking head, and yeah, but I learned. <laughs> relearned researched i guess uh because everything's already been found we just research it right but <laughs> it was the scry thing the black mirror i never got into the black mirror show either but then you describe being a looking glass basically of quartz and black quartz and obsidian yeah. like that's the goddamn phone okay i get the black mirror thing now it's like the connection to it well, let's just remember that hollywood does have a, a a cia liaison you know and they always have well yeah i mean hollywood the whole occult with hollywood uh the symbolism the fact that Natas, yeah Natas, you know Natas, the national academy of theater arts and science our television arts and science that's right if you invert that you get satan Okay, they could have called it the National Academy of Arts, Television, Science, and it wouldn't have been Satan when you invert it, right? Instead, they made sure it said Satan when you flip it over, and that's the one who's in control of the grant, all the awards, the Academy Awards, all that shit. They're they're in control of what gets put on TV, and it's right there. It says Satan. It says Satan. They right there and all they had to do was switch two words and it wouldn't have been satan but it, they did they knew it said satan and just look at just, just look at weird scenes inside the canyon folks by uh, dave mcgowan yep. and he goes into all of this and i don't think there's any coincidences when it comes to what hollywood is putting out currently just a reflection of either what's going on right now or what they have uh cooking up you know what they want to push you know it's wild man yeah, Chris, wow. I know you got to go. So I, I want to get your quick take on one last story and then I'll save the last and the big four for these uh, two massive mass holes. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe somewhat, maybe temporary mass hole for Lisa, but <laughs> you're talking about a, a rant cast, Chris, or, or me? Oh, no, no. I can pick up my kid. Yeah, rant cast, Chris has to oh, bounce okay. in a little bit here. We're down so. to just two vehicles counting down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on this. This is from our uh, friend Ken Silva over at Headline USA. Uh, this is Judge Blast FBI for manufactured terrorism plot and sets defendants free. And in quote, it says the lead conspirator was the United States. Now, here it says three men convicted in a post 9-11 terrorism sting have been ordered freed by, from prison by a judge who deemed their lengthy sentences unduly harsh and unjust and decried the FBI's role in radicalizing them in a plot to blow up New York synagogues and shoot down National Guard planes. 
Anta Williams, David Williams, and Laguerre Payen, three of the men known as the Newberg Four, were hapless, easily manipulated. Tell me where you've heard this one before, Grace. And per- penurious, which I had to look up, petty criminals, uh, caught up more than a decade ago in a scheme driven by overzealous FBI agents and a dodgy informant, U.S. District Judge Colleen McMahon said in her ruling Thursday. Though a jury had already rejected the men's argument that they were entrapped by the FBI more than 10 years ago, McMahon's opinion excoriated the Bureau for doing just that. In quotes, it said the real lead conspirator was the United States, McMahon wrote, in granting the men's request for compassionate release, effective in three months. And according to McMahon, the FBI portrayed the defendants as sophisticated international terrorists committed to jihad against the United States. But in reality, the defendants were manipulated into manufacturing uh, manufactured terrorism plots by a most savory FBI informant named Shahid Hussein, the judge said. And McMahon outlined how Hussein manipulated the lead defendant, James Cromite, by pretending to be a wealthy Pakistani businessman, promising Cromite as much as $250,000 if he would plan, participate in, and find others to join a jihadist mission. So then in 2008, Cromite then recruited Anta and David Williams, as well as Payne, to serve as lookouts while he planted bombs manufactured by the FBI at a synagogue and community center in Riverdale. And in quotes, it says, nothing about the crimes of conviction was of defendants' own doing, the judge said. The FBI invented the conspiracy, identified the targets, manufactured the ordinance, federalized what would have otherwise been a state crime, the Bronx bomb plot in parentheses here, uh, by driving three of the four men into Connecticut to view the bombs and Stinger missile launchers that would have been used in the operation and pick the day for the mission, which was filmed in real time so it could be shown on television news the night these guys were arrested. Isn't that a coincidence too? Motherfucker. Now, it says, on May 20th, 2008, FBI informant Hussein drove the four men to Riverdale. The judge said they had no way to drive themselves, where they planted a fake bomb by the community senator before being promptly arrested. Now, the two Williams men and Payne are set to be released in three months due to Judge McMahon's ruling, and the lead defendant, Cromite, wasn't part of the compassionate release request and is expected to complete his prison sentence in what year? 2030. Uh, Cromite's attorney, Carrie Lawrence, said he plans to speak with him about pursuing similar action, though, on his behalf. And the U.S. Attorney's Office declined to comment on the judge's decision. A message seeking comment was sent to the FBI. But meanwhile, FBI informant Hussein is in prison for his actions unrelated to the above-mentioned case. Hussein's uh, predicament stems from 2018 when a stretch limo crashed in Royal, I don't even know how the fuck to say that, New York killing 20 people what is it shuhari oh wait a minute what yeah <laughs> so hussein wait, owned the he limo was company. The one who owned the limo yeah that killed those people in that fucking wedding party yep and then yeah. they threw them in jail for it yeah it said after it emerged that the limo had failed a safety inspection a month before the crash and that the slain driver didn't have a commercial license, Naman Hussein was charged with criminally negligent homicide and manslaughter. His lawyer blamed a repair shop, blaming the repair guy for the vehicle's problems. Not like they can take control of your vehicle and steer it into a tree, right, Grace? Um, yeah. And said his client was being treated like a scapegoat. I, 
I wonder why he would be treated like a scapegoat. Do you have any connections with people who would want to scapegoat him? Holy sh... Okay. Yeah. And it says, Norman Hussein was convicted in Maine is serving 5 to 15 years in prison. So, thanks, Ken Silva. Still got him in prison. That's well. That's anyone before you left, man, because that was that was a banger of a story from Ken Silva. But it really talks a lot about like how you guys have been in this research, you know, for a long time. Not eleven being one of those points, but the the war on terror afterwards, the the reality that was presented to us, the fake war on terror reality. Oh, John John Walker Lynn, Jose Padilla, uh, Richard Reed, the shoe bomber. Like how many of these fucking cases were entire inventions by the FBI? All of them. The oh, underwear geez. bomber. <laughs> that hasn't been happening for how many decades? Uh, now, Chris from Rancast, right? if you would have made certain bad decisions or have not gotten away with certain things in the past and you wound up in the system, my friend, wouldn't you then be trafficked? back and forth aren't you then a commodity that's used in the penal modern penal system in this country uh, now imagine being an innocent man imagine being set up or entrapped in a plot like this and you're you're in a high uh because you're a terrorist so you're probably in a high security facility what's it cost for a single person to be in a facility like that for so long like just the amount of spending that goes into just putting you there is a tremendous racket. Think of the trillions of dollars that were spent, both like going after these cases, investigating them, prosecuting them, but then also how much money the penal system makes off of these supposed terrorists that we created. Or the invented. FBI has to justify the budget too. Remember that? Oh yeah, the fucking FBI budget as well. Why not? I mean, how much money and influence and power, how much of your time that you work for money it was taken from you, stolen from you to do this bullshit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people that's like I mentioned the FDA and the sovereign immunity, which that goes for the FBI and everybody else. Like they are taking your money every fucking week and using it against you in this way. And everybody should be fucking pissed. Right. Not like fucking, you know, oh, we get this, yeah, but you yeah. should be, you should be fucking angry. You should like when they stand up there at the press briefings, KJP, the first black uh, lesbian uh, house briefing speaker person lady. Is that, can I say lady? Anyways, like when she stands up there and fucking gaslights you and shit, that's on your dollar, man. Like when you see like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen the video that's going around of like in Kiev, they installed these misters for people when they're walking down the street, they can enjoy yeah, it. Cool. That, yeah. That's on your fucking dollar. Where's our misters? I don't see no fucking misters when you walk around. You know, that's people should be upset about that. Yeah. Graves has yeah. to go around back and hit himself with the hose. Like, just yeah, have that kind of fun. Like that's yeah, I don't we have misters on the street. We have homeless on the street. Oh, they're missing something. Yeah. <laughs> they're missing fecal coliform out of uh all the cracks and crevices <laughs> in, in each and every city oh. now. Good you night, think, everyone. But I guess they're pulling gold out of those crevices. I somehow there's a video, I'm assuming it's a TikTok, because Facebook has reels 
And sometimes I'll fucking fall down these stupid holes of these reels. I can see TikTok being a fucking oh nightmare. yeah, it's an onslaught. But there's this one, this dude, uh, he goes out and he fucking scrapes the uh, cracks in New York and then fucking takes a dry shot back, sucks it all up, takes it home, sifts it, and gets gold out of it. Yeah. Real gold, real diamonds. It's pretty crazy. I don't get any gold or diamonds out of my crack. The shit and needles yeah. and drugs and stuff, but there's gold, so I mean, like... Another man's shit is this guy's treasure. Well, that's, that's, my, that's my next book. That's Goldschlager. You know, Goldschlager's got the, uh, the little the gold real lake gold lake in, in it and like how yeah. many drunk bums are out there. They're chugging Goldschlager and then shitting in the sidewalk and this guy's fucking sifting through it for hours just to get those couple of Goldschlager. I don't drink like, anymore. Last time I drank that shit, I saw Dave Attell live, and he was fucking incredible. <laughs> the comedian Dave Attell. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever drank the Gold Schlager. I mean, do you like an overwhelming cinnamon taste? Like, are you like a Not big red gum? Hard. Like, I want like it to smell like one of those fucking air fresheners in the bathroom type of cinnamons. Like, because that's what it tastes like. It's it's, it's trash. I don't like it. <laughs> cinnamon gives me heartburn. Yeah. If I drink cinnamon liquor, I'm fucked for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, so nobody I, has time for that shit. <laughs> Pepper <Fucking> cinnamon. <laughs> I hate it. And it's not it. even real cinnamon. It, it's just like wannabe like cinnamon. It's not It's not like full on like badger gland or whatever the fuck they say that the raspberry flavoring comes from. But I thought uh, it was anus. Beaver yeah, anus. anus. Yeah, beaver anus. <laughs> it's good though. It's good. I've, I've, I've had the raspberry. That's um, the natural flavoring, folks. Yes. We were talking about that with the Texas Slim in the Beef Food Initiative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was incredible, man. I I love listening to that. And especially being a big meat eater myself, like realizing that how much of what I consume, if I focus that on locally and developing relationships there, just how that would create much more of a safety net in my life of just being able to have other people too, like that you can rely on to supply Mm -hmm. you things. Like, do I want to rely on Walmart that could uh, tell me that when they scan my QR code that my social credit score isn't fucking high enough to buy a steak and I have to go the fuck away? Like, where am I going then? (laughs) Yeah, man. Your social credit score isn't high enough to buy a shitty mass, like, fucking paper thin Delmonico that's just all fat (laughs) with a little bit of food coloring in it. That's all natural. From beaver anus. Yeah, and the natural, that's the natural thing, you know, talking about the beaver anus. Well, that was a great George Carlin bit. He was like, well, dog shit is natural. <laughs> that's, that's what they got. Legality and spell yep. casting, right? So they they made it, you know, people said, you know, we need to know what's in this shit. So then they said, okay, we'll give you the ingredients. They said, we need to know how bad these ingredients are for us. And they said, okay, we'll give you the nutrition facts. And then the ingredients are like, look it. You can't even fucking read. You can't even if you can't read and pronounce what the fuck this is. Don't eat it, right? People so then they the got hype. That and they're like, okay, let's yeah. take all of those things that they can't read. We'll just fucking go natural flavoring. They buy the that? words in quotations that are in quotations for legal reasons. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, they, like uh, I pointed out, Velasic pickles. <laughs> I looked at the ingredients: corn syrup, high fructose. What the fuck? It's pickles. Yeah. yeah, it's pickles. 
there's nothing sweet in them or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm a dill yep. pickle guy, so you sweet pickle. Yeah, I'm a dill pickle, dude. I'm not yeah. whatever the other. Yeah, sweet yeah, pickle. I like, I like my pickle, but uh, but I, in I a dill pickle they put uh, high fructose corn syrup. Mm. It's yeah. like what the fuck. And then I looked at the cheap brand, and it's just like you know the cucumber, the vinegar, some sodium. There's no fructose syrup in it. But the Velasic, that's the expensive one, right? That's the one that's supposed to be looking out for you. Look at the stork guy, and he's got you know eating the pickles, and like they love you, right? They're more expensive. They obviously love you because they're more expensive, and they're putting in fucking corn syrup. And you know why he's the stork? He's de- he's de- he's delivering baby cucumbers. Yeah, baby cucumbers. They're gherkins. Yes, <laughs> jerking the gherkin. That's what but I was going to say. You brought up George Carlin. <laughs> I just want to give yeah. a shameless plug. I'm going to be doing a George Carlin tribute on Get Mad tonight at six. So I'll chill you back yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That, you're all diseased. That's right. Yes. was so far ahead of its time. You play that now. <laughs> and, like, you know, I got friends who, like, were believing the whole COVID narrative and shit, and they're Carlin fans. It's like, go back. Yep. Watch you're all fucking diseased and then kick yeah. yourself in the fucking ass. You know, like, he was I mean, coming right before 9 11. He had a special that was coming out at the time. And originally he was going to call it, <laughs> I really like it when a lot of people die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 9 11 happens. <laughs> people like Carlin will be the philosophers that people like us will refer to in the future. He's my, he's my, I wrote a, I had a shirt I made a long time ago. It said, uh, WWGCD question mark. What would George Carlin do? And I've yep, worn that yeah. proudly for years. Yeah, that's what I told some people. Like I was saying, like they're they're Carlin fans, but then buying into the bullshit, and it's like, what would Carlin do? Exactly. Like yeah. Jesus. But you're all diseased that stuck with me for, for all these years. And then when COVID hit, it's like holy shit. And you go back and you watch it. And it's like, oh my god! Like it's so like, pro- like time. wow, yeah. wow! Like he's talking about the immune system, like what it's there for. Swimming in a lot raw shit in the Hudson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. clip will be on my. I only wash my hands. I only wash my hands out of the bathroom when I get shit on them, which is tops, tops. <laughs> That's one of my clips. Is about. Uh, about uh, bacteria not being bad, you know? Yeah. Well, I think even Louis Pasteur is uh, noted for saying on his deathbed that the germ is nothing, terrain is everything. That what yeah. you encounter, it doesn't mean shit. It just matters how hard you are. So, and iron sharpens iron. And I'm Chris from Rancast. I'm glad you, you came on today, brother, because uh, oh, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Um, tell the folks before you, you head out to go pick up them kids, um, what, uh, where people can find you, where they can buy your awesome t-shirts, uh, what, the type of places where you reside, those things. Real easy. Raindoutrancast.com. T-shirts in the description. slash, uh, store. You can go there, but raindoutrancast.com has every Sunday night. I do my show. I might be moving the days. I don't know. But every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, I do my show, which usually I only stream out on Rumble Live. Uh, lately, I've been going to Twitter and Rumble, but that also streams into RainDownRancast.com in case like Rumble's given problems. And then uh, 
yeah, all my links, you go to the bottom of the page, click on a badge, take you to whatever website. Usually on every been having trouble getting my pot my audio format to upload. Like hmm. since uh, cause Spotify completely took over Anchor now. Cause I've been on Anchor for this whole time. Like people are like, oh, Anchor, like it's a bad thing. Like I have, I have hundreds of hours stored on their servers, which is that is the bad thing. But I I have my own shit. They can delete it if they want, but they have enough to like make an AI of me. Uh, you know, they have plenty of shit to make a fucking wild digital duplicate of me, basically. But Spotify took over Anchor, so it's been kind of a problem. I'm back getting stuff back on there regularly. And you can find all the links to that, rain.rankcast.com. I co-host with Steve there at, on AM Wake Up in the morning. You can find that on Rumble, Twitter at AM Wake Up. And, uh, yeah, that's me. Well, Thanks for it's, having it's me It's been a guys. pleasure, man. Uh, it's it, it was really cool finally getting a chance to like meet you sort of digitally on here. And I uh, would love to have you back, um, especially if you're available on Fridays. That's our usual day here um so yeah feel free to to join us and stuff and i also appreciate your opinions um that you express and uh appreciate the story that you told today though about you know you going down the ravine and saving the kids man i appreciate you telling that on a on a show like this because i think a lot of the times that people have to realize too that that's the important shit like the the stuff that we talk about all this futurist stuff and what's happening in the world and current events like this is this is a, a fun sort of intellectual expression of our personalities in a way like we do take this shit seriously we take the research seriously we take the results of what happens in the real world seriously when it comes down to it man like it, it's it's your circle of inf your sphere of influence around you it's your friends it's your family it's the people that are close to you that matter so yeah that's that's a really amazing story i hope people are uplifted by that today man that the kids are okay yeah I, okay you just i gotta you gotta get your kids out you know what's crazy is I used to drive dumb truck uh, and where I'm at, like I'd be so far from, I, I didn't work overnight or anything, but just I'd be far enough from my house that if something were to happen, I got major hills to get through. And I'm thinking of like a major thing. Like if, like there was some attack or something, they tried to pull some bullshit, shut roadways down and stuff. <laughs> Our, there was breakdowns and shit, like trying to get to my kids. It's like, fuck. And then this happens and I was able to get to them like, immediately so like i i like i told my wife i was like man if i was out of, in the truck it'd be like holy shit because they're like you know uh the way i ju jump into action or whatever it's like you it's like you're crazy and it's like no nah, i had to get them out of the damn car like what the fuck are you talking about like my kids are crying and shit like it's like the mother on, the i couldn't up. jump on the car and try to like pull them out because the way it was leaning yeah I was afraid it would it would end up rolling over, and uh, I said to get them the fuck out of there. So it's like it's like the old story the the mother that you know gets superhuman strength pulls the car up that's on her on top of her kid, you know. Well, yeah, I mean it's just a windshield. I've broken many a win I've windshields, and so I'm just surprised that the uh, you know I used to be a bad kid and be a feisty <laughs> fucking. But uh, all the windows of the car didn't break, which I thought was crazy because my kid, she was standing on the, the driver's side window and oh, it doesn't break. It's like, wow, they're pretty strong. I mean, I broke them before by hand, but 
it's twice now. Like when I I tipped my truck over, I was standing on my window and it didn't break. And I'm almost 200 pounds. And then she was standing on hers and it didn't break. It's like, God damn, they are pretty fucking <laughs> strong side windows. But when they're on their side like that, I don't know how, you know, like someone small or like, you know, young like my kid, you know, how they can get out of the fucking car. They have those hammer things and even stabbing through it, trying to rip the thing down and get out. Need to come up with something fucking better. Jaws of life. <laughs> yeah. But I've been in that thing. A real quick story, real quick, and then I'm out of here. Oh, uh, when I was younger, about her age, uh, me and a friend were coming back from an FA 4H. Is it 4H? FAA? Yeah. It's something with the farmers, future farmers of my FFA. Mm-hmm. From a, I, apparently, I, I'm not a future farmer, but uh, I, <laughs> I went for the chicks. But we were at the FA, FFA <laughs> meeting. Thing if they and- can milk a goat, they can milk you. <laughs> and we were on our way home and it was dark and we had this six mile stretch of highway in between towns because i come from small towns where like we had to go to high you know elementary in one town and then have to go to high school in another and we're cruising and uh i think i was like 15 we're smoking cigarettes like we're all cool and shit and my buddy's driving and this tr- truck passes us and flashes his lights and you know we just thought like his brights were on he's like looking like what the fuck what's his problem all of a sudden bam we hit a fucking cow and uh when we did the car like the ass and cows are heavy as fuck when they're dead right well i guess this one wasn't totally dead but it had already been hit by a car and was laying in our lane when we hit it it lifted it up you hit a zombie cow (laughs) yeah the car came down on my it lifted it up in the air came down on my side slid across the road and uh right under the shoulder like perfectly under the shoulder but uh I remember that when trying to get out of it, like the door, it was this this old Ford. I can't remember what model it was or make or whatever. It was a Ford, but trying to lift that door, it's heavy as fuck. And then holding it while someone's trying to climb out and then they jump down and leave you in the car and don't even turn around to hold the door open for you. And then you got to try to hold it and get out again. I know those, how that feels, you know? (laughs) And then my kid was in like the same, predicament but there was no way she was going to be able to open the door and get them out so yeah i had to fucking just imagine if you're underwater with that too almost and i could only do it with my right because my i got these tears in my shoulder right now so i like tough stuff yeah so Uh, that fucking sucks man like it was just getting a hole and getting to rip that fucker off it's really fucking weird because like there's no yeah My one hand's all fucked up. Well, everyone's okay now, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, they're good. I got to go pick the the one up from school now. So yeah, it was good being on with you guys. Have to have you on my show, and yeah, man, maybe I can come on another Friday. Yeah, man, we're definitely going to be doing some things. And uh, say what's up to the rest of the folks over at AM Wake Up for us. That's just such an enjoyable show. I heard that even uh, Tease is going to have graves and little things with the documentary or something coming well, up. He's, oh, yeah, he's doing a documentary. He, he filmed uh, my buddy Chuck Ocelli, and Chuck included me with some of the, those clips. So I'm not exactly sure what the project is, but yeah. So, oh, yeah. Awesome. All right, man. guys. All right, brother. Enjoy the rest yeah, of your day. You yeah. too. You too, man. Thanks for tuning in, everybody that's watching. Peace. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll definitely go over and check out uh, Rain.Rancast, Chris's show, and check out AM Wake Up. Great shows alike. 
Um, to move on to the last of the big four for this week, I'm going to pull up this one for our resident mass holes here. Um, this is from the Boston Herald. This is from an, the opinion column of the, of the Herald. This is Battenfeld, uh, Maura Healy raising her national profile again on migrant housing crisis. I wonder how the fuck that happened. Um, it says here that Governor uh, Maura Healy's uh, state of emergency declaration, because I was going to point out to Chris, but we got a little bit sidetracked on, on the conversation, which is fine because we talked about some amazing shit. But one of the things that allows certain the exploitation and the assertion of authority is the declaration of emergency. I believe the thing that grants the FDA that sovereign immunity is the fact that they were operating within an emergency situation. So if you if you elect people to be in charge during something that you want to call an emergency, right? It doesn't matter if it really objectively is or not. But once it's been elected as an emergency, if people take certain actions, even ones that are horribly, terribly wrong, they can just point to go, well, we were just acting in good faith and we didn't do nothing wrong, right? That's what they do afterwards. That's what they're doing with COVID right now. That's what they're doing with the shots. They're just like, well, we just, you know, we have immunity now because, well, we were acting in an emergency situation. And when acting in an emergency situation, you make certain decisions and they're not always going to be right. And you can't burn those people afterwards. And then people start talking about things like well, modern Nuremberg trials. Well, then Grays will tell you too. And other people that we know of that even that was a, a, a farce. That the idea that people were ever really held accountable for the horrors and, and yeah. things that took place in, in, in that situation alone? Held, held accountable? How about created the situation uh, that's underlying this COVID-19 crap? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, whenever um, we pull up situations like this, like what, like whenever there's an emergency that has created an instance in where the government and even new entities can be created out of thin air and siphon up tons of money and influence, give people careers, give people career type jobs, give them nice lives. Well, they'll sign on to the fallacy too. They'll sign on to the bullshit. They'll keep saying that, you know, this, this migrant crisis just has to end, but we just need more money and power to address it. Right. And, Even though they're the ones who created it? <laughs> yes, they will absolutely. And they will never acknowledge that. And they have an entire media apparatus around them that aids them in doing that. So whenever people question it, whenever people sort of scratch their head like, well, what's going on here? Well, then Mara Healy isn't creating a migrant crisis by you know sort of enabling, if not rewarding, um, a black market, right? Which is could be seen as immoral here and there, right? Uh, but not only that, but in all of the incurrence of costs that it creates, but she's not creating that, um, that situation, Lisa. She is working in favor of migrant rights, right? Because now you can just attach it to a happy type of uh, word, because she's working for rights and rights is a positive thing. Like people look at, you know, people don't want their abortion rights taken, do they? <laughs> they don't want their, they don't want their medical rights taken. They don't want any of their rights taken. They don't want their right to free speech taken. So they'll sign on with, with X, right? They'll give Elon Musk their money. It's all a work. The rights thing is a work. 
Like anytime that you see that accompanying something that somebody's in favor of these sort of rights, you should question it because what are those rights? Are they the ones that are individual rights, the ones that are inalienable within all of us and our in our being? Or is it something else? Is it something like a um, sort of a transportation or logistics service, if you will? So peep this. By bringing people up here from Central America, I'm going to switch back to the panel so we're not too distracted visually here. But um, whenever we bring people here from other countries, particularly like Central American countries, you know, the poor ones that we've uh, influenced the drug war and other manipulations, um, even going back to like fucking bananas and banana republics and what that means. But like that, we're going to take people from those poor situations and we're going to wave in front of them the ability to make a hundred times the amount of money in their life than they've ever dreamed of making. Do you think that's an incentive? Who places that incentive? Is that our, is that our representative government? Because it looks like here in the opinion piece that we're reading that the type of opinion that we're seeing here is just well, this is being used to position this person for a greater position of power. That Mara Healy, by declaring this emergency and showing and demonstrating her leadership in this field of, of defending people's migratory rights, um, are going to help think of a better logistics system to bring people up here from a poor area to work for less to flood an area full of a population that the infrastructure was never meant for, that's i.e. like where you live, the schools, all types of infra infrastructure, the roads, no matter what, right? And you think that you somehow elected her to be a representative to handle this? Like what, what right do you have to say no to this happening? What right do you have to say no? I don't want my children's school to have an extra... 300 students this year because that's going to make it harder for them to get around to my child to to make sure that my child can fucking read and operate in this economy because that's essentially why we we and put children in institutions in the first place is to feed them into some sort of life where they can make a career out of it which allows them to make enough money to scrape by to fucking survive to the next generation potentially right and if she's raking in the money was so gross is they want Massachusetts citizens to voluntarily put their homes up to bring. But they'll vote land. for her because she's gay, Lisa. That's oh, the thing too. Like they don't give a fuck that she's assisting in the logistics of human trafficking of bringing people from Central America to Massachusetts. How the fuck do people get from Guatemala to Massachusetts without help, right? And then and then they get there. And then you have all this like, housing crisis. Well, the, again, why are they here if they don't believe in the incentives? Has no one stopped at the border to ask these people? I believe they have, where people have stopped at the border and be like, hey, why the fuck are you coming here? And they're like, oh, well, we, we heard that we have economic opportunity there. But then it's not just that, too. It's the actual laws that the government puts in place, the government, again, that's supposed to represent you here, that puts laws in place that these people have to be sheltered. Not only is the government incentivizing them to come there thousands of miles away, right? But then when they get there, then you have to house them. Now it's a responsibility for everybody. Now it's a right. You have a right to housing. Like we got harps in the chat. Were there ever aboriginals out in the middle of the bush going, you know what? I have a right to housing. 
<laughs> would that ever have been like an epiphany that somebody would have had that they have a fucking right to housing? Like you don't have a right to someone's labor. You don't have right to a good. You don't have right to ownership or any type of claim on a space. That's not you. That's something else. That's something abstract. Like the government just stamps the term right onto it so it can steal our money and tell us that it's doing good things with it. And that's essentially what they're doing in this type of story. Uh, now, let's read on. It says, in declaring a state of emergency, Healy put the onus squarely on the Biden administration and previous administrations for not doing enough to help migrants who have recently crossed the border. Yeah, they're just not doing enough to help these people that the government's luring in here. No, and it's not that they're luring them with just nothing. I mean, there is something substantial there. It's, a, it's an economic future. Like they've even claimed that economic migration to try and defend this, to try to just put it to us softly, like we talked about with Chris from Rancast, is that you know they even in their admission there are saying that people are coming here because of economic crisis and reasons. And gee, you don't think that the U.S. also creates economic crises around the world? <laughs> I mean, forget the forget the man-made natural disasters and the wars that we create, but just the financial crisis in itself. Don't we do that? <laughs> now it says Massachusetts, in, in in quotes, has stepped up to address what sadly has been a federal crisis of inaction that is many years in the making, Healy said. Now, with that, though, isn't she pointing out somewhat of a, a, a truth there? Because I believe our friend Guard Goldsmith, oh, no, I think we just lost Lisa. But uh, our friend Guard Goldsmith has pointed up it's never been within the jurisdiction of the federal government to handle immigration. <laughs> like it's just you're not you're, you're you're not relying on the right thing there in the first place but again this goes back to um saying in the article the democratic governor sent a letter to homeland security this week that lovely new agency that we got after when 911 thank you 911 yeah and Where it says th and it says this week asking it to remove burdensome barriers in quotes so they already have to frame the barrier, right? They have to poison the well already by calling it a burdensome blood, barrier. Blood, blood brain barrier? Yeah, oh yeah, that too. Well, they definitely violated that with a lot of people as well through these types of uh, measures. But um, oh, yeah. with, with, with the burdensome barriers thing, um, again, they don't... Oh, Lisa's back. Boop, she's back in there. All right. Of course, when we're talking about Mara Healy, that you end up getting in like some sort of technical gremlin issue. We're not going to go into your, your, your yeah. love of the, yeah. that. Yeah. But um, when it says burdensome barriers here, Lisa, I was just shitting on that because like whenever somebody wants to remove something, they're calling it burdensome and not like ever justify the reason why that should be done with any detail. Yeah. Like it's just already characterized as a certain thing. So people that just read this over or people that just generally cheer for, that side of the of the you know same coin team um that with this burdens barriers thing you'd read that and go oh yeah well yeah those should be lifted you know right and even i'd say you'd get libertarians on that too somewhat right you know whenever it comes to people being able to have freedom of movement the people would look at that and say oh yeah the, you should remove these all these governmental barriers governmental barriers are bad i would probably agree with you there but whenever you have certain rules that are still going to be applied and other ones that you remove under the guise of freedom or whatever the fuck else is you want to label it as, it still ain't freedom. <laughs> it's still not independence. It's still not a libertarian way of market or a capitalist market. 
It's a corporatist market because it says right here, it says we need federal partnership. Where have we heard those types of terminologies before? You know, public-private partnership. It says federal funding and urgent federal action to meet this moment and to but, continue to serve some of the most vulnerable families. Families that are vulnerable because you place them in a vulnerable situation, you cons. But now it says this is the first time since the pandemic that a governor, so this is historic too, that we're using the same type of emergency, throw our hands in the air, Kermit the Frog type of reaction to something, to uh, push more spending. It says that a governor declared a state of emergency and Healy refused to say how long the declaration would last. Yes. <laughs> so you can declare an emergency that just perpetuates for forever. Now, also saying that she'll do whatever is necessary. Well, that makes me feel good, too. That doesn't mean moral or ethical or even legal, does it? <laughs> but says also Massachusetts is spending $45 million a month to house migrants, most of them here illegally. And it says much of the problem exists because Massachusetts is the only right to shelter state in the country. Meaning eligible families, you think this might be a mock-up for the rest of the states, folks? If you live in a blue state, this could be you next. Saying meaning, meaning eligible families have immediate access to housing. Now, what I said back there, too, with the blue state stuff is, that doesn't mean you're safe in the fucking red states either, okay? <laughs> All right? I just see a pattern where it may be adopted access. into those ones first. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a little bit a little bit slower of a decline in the red states, right? That's why I call the Republicans fucking doorstops because the only thing they're good for is laying their fucking forehead in front of the door to make sure it doesn't close <laughs> while the Democrats try and slam it shut. Now it says, but Healy said she has no power or authority to change that law. And even if she did, she probably wouldn't. Um, <laughs> so meaning that if she had the ability... To make sure that the thing causing the crisis, feeding it, aiding and abetting it, <laughs> if she had the ability to make that thing go away, she probably wouldn't. I wonder yeah. why. Oh, all of a sudden, no executive order power, huh? Yeah, oh, because oh, look who else it empowers all around her. You know, you think that it isn't uh, just like her benefiting from getting there. A lot of people benefited from her ass getting into power, no doubt. And the people that work in those circles and live and thrive and have, you know, like you've seen in law, Lisa, people that have entire careers and wonderful ways of life that afford well, them Well, you have to remember how she, how she even got there. I mean, come on. I mean, she started out with the uh, AG's office. This has been like in the works for, this is the cesspool, man. Well, yeah. How does one get rewarded for burying the evidence over and over again of the existence of a racket? Right, Lisa? Like, I mean, don't the people that get out, you know, that hide up the, the biggest crimes or know where all the bodies are buried, aren't they the ones that get elevated because they themselves have probably buried a few bodies? I'm not saying that she has, but just, you know, when it comes oh, down well, to. Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> aiding and abetting in the uh, Guardian racket. I mean. No, there's a lot yeah. of bodies in that. A lot of bodies in that then. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the. So. It's kind of like the the Manson thing, Chris, where you have somebody that's sort of directing potentially. No, I'm not saying that Manson actually did, but um, <laughs> yeah. But when when you have when you have somebody sort of directing um, or in charge of or the leadership, like they were talking about in the military cases that you brought up earlier, Chris, how mm -hmm. they found the leadership responsible. Yeah. Like, how could we like say that, that 
something crazy happened, right? People got real worked up in Massachusetts and they went out they went out and voted for a Republican instead of Mara Healy next time, right? That we waited a couple years to see what would happen. We took one day out of our busy schedule to go in some place and like boop a little square on a fucking screen. Well, these idiots here uh, went and scooped a uh, Mitt Romney showed up, carpetbagger. Yeah. Out of Utah. And, you know, oh, and uh, Charlie yeah. Baker that. Yeah, Charlie Baker. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there any faith or hope that somebody like Mara Healy would ever be held to account for bringing no. all of these people into Massachusetts, for refusing to do anything about it, for creating a migrant crisis that creates human trafficking, that that builds black markets like prostitution for both men, women, and children, that helps funnel the drugs there, the, the fentanyl that murders people. Like we've talked to people on past shows about this, our, our friend Jimmy James, right, Chris, talking yeah. about how much of the fentanyl is being pushed into our system here in the United States. And just like... Yeah. They create these markets by what by their policies, and they're blatant about it, and they're telling you that they're they're you you should be looking at them as fucking heroes. This is psychopath shit, like yeah. direct psychopath shit. Like you should be you you should be praising me for hitting you, <laughs> type of stuff, right? Yes. If they're just me again six. Yeah, well, they're just. I mean, and the harm that's done to the innocent in these cases is is, is the stuff that is really the most horrifying thing for me to think of is that the children that are being shipped here from Central America and other cases, like what they talk about in, in these rather, you know, sound of freedom movies or any of the stuff that people cover in, in like the child trafficking sort of wing or area of alternative media is that if that stuff exists, which you and I both would probably agree that it does, you know, no, both not only just wholeheartedly exists, but we don't know the prevalence of it. Like we don't know exactly, like we know re about reported cases. We can tell you folks and, and, and just report on what we, what has been documented and what's been heard. Think of the undocumented cases. I mean, if they're already here being hidden illegally, if they're already out of the system, when you're not, when, whenever you're being listened to and tracked and traced and manipulated and fucking everything is going to be predicted based on what you're saying and doing right now. But what's happening to these kids that are in off that grid, that are in the dark? Like how many of them are suffering and we'll never hear of it? That nothing will ever be done about it? How do we hold the people that are responsible for them being here accountable? Do we have a way of removing them from the system? Can we go to our town hall and elect to vote to not recognize them or their authority anymore because of the damage that they've done to all of us? We don't have that. In fact, if you even question it on mainstream media, I mean, God help you. They'll come after you as a racist. They'll say that you're you're espousing replacement theory. You know, they'll even maybe call you an anti-Semite, Lisa. You know, because oh, well, that's where it all that's where all the globalism stuff comes from. You know, everything well, has to connect to that. Expose the racketeering, and uh, you know, there goes your uh, career. And Chris, and when you get close, when you get close to exposing the truth, they may go to other means, won't they? You know, like people in our past. Yeah, I don't even like talking about this shit anymore, to be honest. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So, I mean, I, when we look at cases like this, folks, to sort of wrap things up for today's uh, stream and everything, you know, just m my final takeaways that I want people to have, and I'll get yours, guys, um, is that whenever you see something that's out there holding a lot of influence, like rather the sound of freedom 
or people talking about really emotional topics like this, like take into account what objectively is being presented to you. I can't stress that enough. Like think about who's really making the judgments and delivering the justice and what they're calling for. If someone's out there just telling you that because these situations happened during the Biden administration, that that's why you should vote for fucking Donald Trump. And you think that that's going to solve this human trafficking crisis. Like you don't have to believe that JFK Jr. is going to walk off a fucking plane with Trump to believe that. But there's still the same type of ridiculous bullshit. <laughs> it doesn't lead to anything. Like what it, it doesn't explain what that person would do in power. And in fact, if you wanted to grant them more individual power to make that thing happen or to correct it, it's probably going to create a lot more other fucking problems by doing so. So the only way that we can really solve an issue like this of migration and who comes into our neighborhoods is if we actually had fucking control over our neighborhoods again. That means we're not relying, like we talked about with Chris from Rancast before he left off, what, what he was talking to Texas Slim about, is that we're not relying on Walmart or the big grocery chain in our area to supply us food. Because what if they don't want to? Like, what, what if your local bank doesn't want to do business with you anymore? And they can't because that's what your so-called representative that you didn't vote for, but the other side voted for, like, they got five more votes. So that just means that you can't bank anymore because of the new rules, because of CBDC and social credit scores. The only way we take it back is by starting over. That's the only way. Local communities starting over, appointing new people, and making sure that we have the right to pull those people if they fucking suck at their job, or if they do really malicious shit. Like traffic people up here for business and industry to be fucking wage slaves. To work in the back of the Chinese restaurant when they're Mexican. And that shit's confusing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just joking. But I'm but I but I sort of mean that though. Like the people that are in the back rooms, <laughs> the people that you don't see, the black markets, the stuff that isn't supposed to be talked about because it is dark, the things that people don't want to acknowledge, it has a tremendous emotional weight. It should. It should be traumatizing to think about children being shipped here from foreign countries and molested on the way here to be shipped to God knows where else to maybe continue to be molested inside of all of our lovely services that our government provides with our stolen tax dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but the only way that you ever have any type of control over that, though, isn't by fucking voting, at least not in these elections. It's by coming together as a community and voting to make a new community for yourself. This is something I've talked to our friend Vince Ignali about. I was just, uh, you beat me to the punch. I was just about to bring up buddy Vince because that's what it's all about. The public will and you. And that's, and that's also how you can control the war machine. That's also how you can stand up to it and say no. Because you're not going to allow your representatives to allow that to happen. You're not going to vote for war. You're going to say no to it. Because anywhere that the U.S. infiltrates, any, any place where we try and uh, present our empire, we are creating human trafficking and slavery. We are creating sex slaves, children sex slaves because of this. So if you want to stop human trafficking, you stop the war machine. You stop the federal government. You stop the authorities from being able to make these decisions without us because we never would have in the first fucking place. So I guess it goes to that 
slavery is still here, folks. Oh, and uh, more alive and well than ever. And in various ways, too. And really, if you live in the type of curated reality or environment where you don't even realize that you're a slave, that's the ultimate form. That's when you're really broken. Because you'll continue to serve something else or somebody else for a long time. Like I said before, don't trust fake Jesus. <laughs> Chris, do you, besides that, do you have any other final takeaways for this episode, my friend? Uh, no, not really. I mean, oh, you good, pretty man. much said it all. This is dark shit. So. It is, man. I appreciate you being with us here nonetheless. And you're a fun guy to have around regardless, man. I know that this stuff gets you down, but you've, you've, you know so, so much whatever. about it yeah. that having you here to share it kind of yeah. makes it better because yeah. I don't have to fucking just share it, you know, in an audience of one that at least I know that somebody else out there has seen that sick shit and probably broken their brain. Like I have. Yeah, it. pretty much. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, hey, we got exciting things coming up on TMP and other platforms, don't we, Chris? I mean, we got some uh, conspiracy-related heavy metal thing going on tomorrow night. Yeah, why don't you tell everyone about that? Because you could probably say it better than me. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, here. Uh, so Ready in here the, in the making, that's all I'll say. In right the there. usual weekly slot of conspiring with Mister Cooper, which is fastly becoming like the the most watched show on TMP networks. Uh, people love that fucking show, and I know why because it's such a fun show. Um, not only do you and Tom make it entertaining, you've had amazing guests recently, uh, great conversations, and you guys keep it lively too. Like, it's not just you, you still talk about some of the dark shit that we'll talk about here on these shows, but you have a very, Which is very ironic because show. I started that to be uh, a place to just shoot the shit with my buddy Tom and tell dirty jokes. And now we're talking <laughs> about child trafficking. I'm like, this is not what I originally thought, <laughs> but it, it, it is what it is. When the conversation goes where it goes, it's just very ironic to me yeah i mean for whatever reason i guess that kind of darkness follows us but i that's also why i'm excited to talk about heavy metal tomorrow night because a lot of the stuff that you know a lot of the reactions i get from just random people in my life when i tell them that i listen to metal they're like i can't they tell me that they just can't they, they can't listen to somebody scream like that or like those those discordant frequencies and like the the smashing drums the whole time and those types of things like it's very abrasive and jarring to them to even experience it and you know for me i you know i i live like in those little kind of moments like that kind of that adrenaline flow of hearing that riff or that that type of cadence or something like will push me to walk faster to lift more to uh, just to want to, you know, lift myself out, out of really dark moments, like emotionally too. Um, it's been a tremendous help for me. It's been a crutch. And what's beautiful about it is, is that I love that people don't get it. Like yeah. it's, it's just something where it's like, it's a, it's a special thing. Like when you recognize you it, you people recognize it. Yeah. 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 We, we, we share like a, a, a real brotherhood in metal. Uh, with each other like the experiences that we've had at shows and um when you see other people that have been to similar uh experiences and you know when i find other people that wear the same t-shirts like like i do i'm a kid 
I'm just like, I can't believe you know that. Like, Chris, you have that reaction with people all the time. I have that with people, yeah, like fans of Metallica, Alice in Chains, Mm -hmm. Nirvana. So it's like a punk rock metal thing. It's like a, you feel like, oh, wow, there's someone else that knows what's up, you know, like across the way. It's the same thing when it goes into, uh, before comic books were like dominating, you know, pop culture, that was another thing that, you know, you didn't really want to admit that you were a comic book fan, you know. But if you saw another comic book fan, it was like one of those exclusive like things where they understand, you know, or someone wearing like a, a Chud T-shirt or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre T-shirt, like a horror movie fan. It's the same kind of thing where if they're wearing a similar shirt, it's like, they, oh, they know what's up. You know, or even comedians like Bill Hicks fans or uh, George Carlin fans. It's like, well, you know what's up. You know, that's it's one of those things where it's an exclusive club where not everyone is in in the know. Yeah, it's something I would call it, and I think it could be referred to as affinity. Um, whenever you have that type of commonality with somebody, and it's going to be an amazing time talking about that affinity with different people tomorrow night on uh, the usual conspiring with Mr. Cooper time slot. So we're going to start the heavy metal conspiracy party around 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Um, we'll go also, to also probably Yeah, Yeah, also not to cut you off, but there were some people that I talked to that were concerned that we were just going to dwell on conspiracies and heavy metal. And that's not entirely the case. I mean, that, that'll be a big part of it, but just our love of heavy, like heavy metal as a genre in general and our experiences, I feel like will be a part of it too. All right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's going to be the fun part, I think. Cause like going through the different conspiracies and bringing up different things, I think is going to just make us think of our sort of relation to them. Like talking about the death of somebody like Randy Rhodes for me yeah. is going to make me think of my old friends that I used to swing on the swing set with at lunchtime during grade school. And yeah. we would sing different songs and I would always want to sing flying high again or crazy train. <laughs> yeah. And I, songs I oh yeah. And even like, like what, even the circumstances behind Randy's death don't really, not, not that I ever noticed, but like him in the plane, like it doesn't necessarily have like a conspiratorial thing bent to it, but tragic nonetheless, just like I would, I'm going to bring up um, the late Cliff Burton. Uh, he passed in a, uh, a infamous bus accident in 1986, but there's really no conspiracy there, but it, it it affected me, you know, when I was, uh, you know, a young guy just learning about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's tons of great stories like that where, you know, you, you classify under that, that, um, genre. Oh well, I'm sorry. No, it's the SR, <laughs> SRV is more uh more blues. Yeah, but he can sorry, shred though. I'm, I'm stuck on the blues thing because actually tomorrow I'm going to the uh last of uh blues festival. So I must have that on my brain. So forgive me. <laughs> no, no worries. In fact, I mean Steve Ray Vaughn has probably made me listen to more metal eventually because when I was first learning how to like sort of play guitar, maybe uh that with with that you learn a lot of blues patterns and scales and things and just you know, when you're picking up sort of more of the advanced techniques somebody like a steve ray vaughn is really going to make make you wood shop as a guitar player a lot i'll say that i mean he's still it's hard even these days hard to master for anyone that's been playing for a while but that same type of approach though like you put it through 
an angle instead <laughs> and, and instead of using a fender strat maybe you switch it up to like a like a les paul with the mbs it's going to sound a lot different but it has the same basic type of structure right like that's that's the cool thing about it and even like we'll probably talk about a good bit about black sabbath tomorrow night and black sabbath oh, yeah. is a blues and jazz influenced band like you listen to those riffs and everything and the cadences the rhythms and the places where it came from yeah like it's it's I mean, it's, even Led Zeppelin, they stole from the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> these, these are the bands that had the privilege, I'll say, to listen to recorded music and to be able to interpret recorded music and play their own version of what they heard back to us. Because we've done that throughout time. Like we we emulate, you know, the music that we hear. And like good luck writing a riff that hasn't been written before in, in some sort of sense, right? Um, so whenever it comes down to like those styles, um, what's great is, is that the black blues artists that made no money off their records and died poor and in unmarked graves and other shit, you know, after selling their soul, Whoa. you know, like they, they had their records shipped over in like bargain bins to the UK <laughs> and, and young college students and other, and people of that age, like Ozzy Osbourne and people like Paul McCartney and John Lennon and uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were all finding those records. And they were, they were interpreting that music that they heard. And then they had also, because they had money and, and influence, they could, they could get their hands on the equipment necessary to make that kind of music. Like if it weren't for Ozzy's dad buying him his first PA system, yeah. Black Sabbath and heavy metal may not have ever existed. Like, it's just it that one little thing that got that Ozzy's dad, who is a, more from what I know, a blue collar worker working his ass off doing God knows what, probably in like a steel mill or something to make sure that young Ozzy, who is a miscreant, who is a bad kid, like you know, <laughs> me and Randy from Randcast, maybe a bunch of other people out there in the audience, maybe. you know, but he he still loved his son and wanted to see his done his son do well. And shout out to my dad for always wanting to do that, too. But he bought his son that PA system. And without that, like Ozzy never would have been in that band. Like he never would have been able to make it because you have to be able to back up your own end on equipment sometimes. Yep. And that's some of the hardest things with bands and music too is just like, you know, I, I see like the modern stuff and everything that it copies. But what's fun about metal especially is that you can go, you can jump into it and then you can see the echoes of all the other genres within it. Like, and once you learn the structure of music and everything, you take away like the, the scary album cover, you take away the growly voice and all that other stuff. And you doubt on the distortion. And sometimes like in Cliff Burton's case, it's Johann Sebastian Bach. It's fucking beautiful. It's brilliant. The way it fits together. It's marvelous. Yeah. He studied classical music. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of the, oh yeah. Crowley's on the Sergeant Pepper's cover says harps. Absolutely. Yeah. For good reason too. Talk about an influential uh, figure. And what uh, I believe, too, is uh, argued to have certain influence, even on, like, Scientology. You were talking about uh, that kind of stuff with Dana on the last uh, Conspiring with Mr. Cooper. I yeah, and I got in trouble with some people that I know over that, too. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know but, what? Um, you know what? Um, just I was hoping also I put um, this – uh this new song that came out this guy uh what's his name oh, Oliver Harvey but even okay. like 
what was so cool is that guitar that he played okay it just and just his even his vocals really talk about i mean that really shook me to the core i don't know i don't know so if it's just me but let me do uh the screen share real quick so people can see what you're talking about there lisa sorry here we go yeah this is uh so i i'll attach this to this week's source list and lisa i attached all those other articles you were sending in the chat too uh so all of all the ones that we pulled up in the discussion uh today plus all the other background articles you guys sent will all be included so folks if you haven't already uh subscribe uh to number six tmp for free on uh sub substack and uh, with the Substack, you'll get a copy of my monologue each week and a copy of our source list too. Now on that source list, you're gonna find articles, you're gonna find video links and other things. And anything we can't fit on there goes on our Subscribestar that you could also sign up for free. And there is where we're gonna put the court documents and other things like Lisa was talking about before, that anything that we can gain there. And also that's where we'll be putting um, Graves with Graves. I think it's still the title we're, we're working on, uh, where <laughs> we have all of the pictures that Chris has from his collection of him visiting uh, famous people's graves all around the world. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's an awesome, it would be a great like, reality show to do too. Well, the US so far. <laughs> yes, exactly. I want, I, want to, I want to send you abroad even, you know, with a camera crew visiting these you send me abroad? They yeah. Still do that. They send I mean, me abroad? <laughs> that's, that's trafficking, dude. <laughs> no, it'll just be one of the singing telegrams from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's that's all. <laughs> well, that's pretty broad. I got you. <laughs> but, uh, and oh, this um, little thing that this guy's playing here, Lisa, that's a resonator. Uh, what's really cool about that type of instrument is it is in the shape and the same like basic scale, mostly as a guitar that looks kind of like more like a parlor one that or it's a big dude playing it. But uh, yeah, that metal sort of ring that you see there that he's playing over has a lot. To John do with Henry, the, the sound of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, someone trying to be John. Henry. He's not tall enough. Yeah. We, we, we had uh, John Henry measured. He's in Sasquatch proportions. So. Whoa. Congratulations to John Henry and being part of the Sasquatch, Sasquatch. family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> he's squatching. He is squatching, but um, yeah, guys, but uh, no, definitely check that out. I'll, I'll be checking out that song too. I, I do like stuff in that folk type of style. There's plenty of great bands out there for that stuff too. But oh, we're it's definitely, pretty. It really, I love it. We're definitely going to talk about a lot of crazy heavy metal related shit tomorrow night. And that's going to be a blast folks. So let's tune in to TMP 8 well, let's PM. Just remember six, yep. six. Just let's remember one last thing. Yes. A lot of people consider the first heavy metal song. Do you know what that is? Born to be wild. No, Helter Skelter by the Beatles. Oh, that's what a lot of people consider that the first heavy metal song. Other people might disagree, but I don't know. It's up there. It's close. And that is why we rock here at TNP because we have Chris Graves who knows this stuff. This and it wasn't people. about a race war either, Lisa. It was actually, according to uh, Paul McCartney, it was about a famous roller coaster over there in England called Helter Skelter. And uh, Charlie Manson apparently uh, used that and went with it. He said, there's a race war coming. Helter Skelter. Yeah, I have always liked that track too. Like off of the White Album stuff and like the late Beatles stuff, which I'm mostly more of a fan of. I like them like post like 
boy bandy beatles yeah i even like that shit too i like that a good song is a good song if it sounds good like the hooks and everything oh, yeah. the i like it all actually yeah early like they, and later yeah later was trippy too so i like it all but anything like with distortion and stuff and after revolver like oh yeah i'm just all about that i will say that i think that my favorite beatles song still though is uh dear prudence i fucking love that song it just has such a vibe for me it's just yeah. it's such a fun song to listen to i never get like dear prudence isn't a song i'm going to listen to like when i'm mad or anything else like it's going to be like ah yeah dear prudence is just a cool jam mine is in my life yeah oh yeah what a great yeah great set of lyrics there I think Dear Prudence is about a sheepdog, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, on the hill is not a happy song either, <laughs> but a guy who dies by himself, they don't find his corpse for a long time. Damn. Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Tavistock. No, no, just kidding. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do another rock and roll cons uh, conspiracy party. Focus on that genre too. I'd like to do a couple more of those. Oh yeah. We got that. We got grunge. We got uh uh what is it maybe punk we can rock. have john potash on for for that yeah punk rock. you've had him on yeah. uh digging chris graves before that was an amazing fucking episode i love that conversation well his his book uh weapons uh music as what the hell is it music as yeah. weapons against us that's basically a spiritual sequel to dave mcgowan's uh, weird scenes inside the canyon because yep. that is basically where where Dave would have went because he was asked before if he would ever do a sequel to uh, Weird Scenes, but Dave wanted to conquer like the moon with wagging the moon doggy in the Lincoln yes. series first, but eventually he would have got to the grunge era because he was a fan of Alice in Chains, by the way. So Potash, yeah, John Potash basically picked up where uh, Dave left off with the 60s and 70s music. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, let's wrap things up. Uh, folks, catch us tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be, instead of conspiring with Mr. Cooper, it will be the Heavy Metal Conspiracy Party. It's going to be myself. I believe, Lisa, you, you might be around for that, too, to hang. Uh, Chris will be there. Our friend Tom Cooper is going to be there. Um, and then we're also, I believe, we're going to have Angry Tiger with us, who uh, stay tuned at 4 p.m. today yeah. for uh, Eastern Time for the... Um, tiger and the snake financial report which has been fantastic um that's not the i'm not in the financial wheelhouse with much of the shit that i pay attention to folks <laughs> and tiger really helps me sort of tackle those types of stories and understand them better he comes yeah. at it from a very personal and philosophical way too like i think the way that he expresses things so i i really i really enjoy the shows that he does and he's a great fucking dude too so it's going to be fun hanging out with him uh, hopefully we can get Harps on there tomorrow night. Who's yeah. a huge metalhead? Uh, shout out to Harps out in the chat there. Um, oh, Chuck, and Chuck too, I think. Yo, yeah, and I was, of course, yeah. Our friend Chuck Ocelli, huge metalhead, has been involved in metal and just him telling the stories that he did during your late uh, Staley tribute. Man, that was yeah. such an incredible thing to hear about too. He almost uh, replaced Gigi Allen when Gigi Allen died. <laughs> wow, that's such a crazy, crazy story. Not quite a metal story, but still one of those. Uh, punk rock kind of deals so. yes and harps also uh mentioned uh jason becker and friedman's cacophony oh man wow dude that's an awesome awesome people don't even know about jason becker yeah, harps, you gotta come on dude i know there's a time <laughs> difference but please man no i'm not even kidding 
I would love to see him just stop by to show off the vest if he if he could, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Such an awesome thing, man. But uh no, and also I heard that uh Billy Ray Valentine may join us too, uh Tom mentioned. Yeah. So uh, you know, and then uh we may have an invite out there for one or two other uh special guests, but we're gonna be it's gonna be a stacked lineup, it's gonna be a great hang. Can't wait to do it. Uh, I haven't done a Saturday night show in a little while, so it's that's gonna be fun. And um, you know, talking about something you know, conspiratorial, of course, but something fun. Something a little more fun, yeah, because I yeah. need more fun in my life. Yeah. Yes. Besides your next door neighbor's middle name. They're they're Asian. I keep yeah. getting my, my foot stuck there, yeah. That was a Harlan Williams joke. I I I you know. Are you drinking there. your uh your old, your grandfather's cough syrup, are you? <laughs> He's fucking Harlan amazing. Williams. I love the movie Rocket Man. Actually, I think that. Oh that's, my god, that, that's my version of space. <laughs> I was say, he's a half baked, dumb and dumber. The ICP movie, and then that the Disney movie you go to Rocket. He's Man. hilarious in it. He makes it. He makes oh, it. He's hilarious. He makes a family film like that fun for sure. Oh yeah, and it, oh, and the Sorority Boys with Michael Rosenbaum too. Ah yes, that's a favorite of mine. I, I'd like to get him on a podcast, but now he's got his own podcast going. So, anyway. All right. So uh, stay tuned, folks, on Ocelli.com as well at six uh, for the George Carlin tribute show. Yeah, I'm going to take phone calls, you know, 319-527-5016 and reminisce about uh, my personal prophet, Mr. George Carlin, who I've been trying to get his daughter Kelly on for a little while, but see what happens. All right. Well, I'm glad that that's your prophet and not Orange Jesus. May his tang be with you. No, fuck that guy. His tang, yeah. <laughs> tang yeah. wipe. We was tang kangs. All right, but um, all right, Lisa. Uh, all right, Chris. Let's get out of here. Thank you, audience. Thank you for being here. Hit the like button. Share this with people that you think that might enjoy it, or maybe even people that might piss off because you hate them. I don't know. Fuck yeah. Sure. Um, and then uh, also, uh, I've been noticing recently we've been getting a lot of new followers here on Rumble. Um, yeah. Thanks for following. We appreciate all the new people being here. That's pretty awesome. Uh, we'll see you next week, uh, Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time to 1 p.m. ish Eastern Time. It is 1:36. We are not good at ending on time, but uh, other than that, love y'all. See you next week. And until we meet again, and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. <laughs>